Hello everyone, welcome to Frame Trap. Today I am joined by the smiling Brandon Jones. Yeah. And the chuckling Michael Huber. Hello. Uh, what up, Chuckles? <laughs> what's, what's up, little Chuckles? <laughs> I'll be your host, uh, Ben Moore, and I think it's safe to say that this is the Monster Hunter episode. The the, yep. the cage yep. is opened. We can talk about the full game. No restrictions. Everybody's out there playing it, so it's gonna. I be... was pondering my like rise memes. I was like rising or rise. What's 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 the title gonna be of this frame trap episode? I wonder. Uh, trying to get in my Ben Moore meme head. Yeah, I wanted to do something with rise, but I actually did that already. With the demo yeah, I episode. <laughs> yeah, I did Monstrous Rise because we were talking yep, about, yep. I think we were talking about Resident Evil Village and Monster Hunter Rise. And so that's where that came from. So this one, the title of this episode is Hunting Bliss. Nice. Thought, thought it was appropriate. It is blissful. It is blissful. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is going to be, like I said, kind of a Monster Hunter themed episode. Uh, and so I thought opening it up. It's a bit of a fun question. If you could add one creature to Monster Hunter, like no restrictions whatsoever, any creature, who would it be? Bowser. The Predator. Yeah, we talked about that. Predator. (laughs) Would the Predator be hunting you? (laughs) Well, I mean, aren't they kind of hunting you in a way? You know, they they run, they flee a lot. But yeah, it'd be fun if... um, it was just, it, there was no assignment or anything. Like, it was not like a, a mission you could go on. He's just right. out there, you know, you just, trees. You just see, like, uh, yeah, you just see, like, bodies in the trees and stuff. That'd be cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> villagers, calicos. Yeah. Oh, no, no, calicos are too far. Calicos are too far. But, yeah, that'd be pretty good. I think, like, an alien queen would be good, too. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. Like, go deep I was hoping they were going to, I was hoping they were going to add that for Fortnite, but didn't happen oh yeah i'm glad Going i didn't set my expectations in. there that would have been yeah. sweet oh. did they just add lara croft to tomb raider mm-hmm. or not to tomb raider of course she's a tomb right. raider to yeah, Fortnite. Right. that's what i'm trying to say they did the predator thing in like the jungle area so did that was yeah he hunted you down did you, you get go in there his weapons and stuff you can yeah you get his like uh claw okay weapon thing oh, awesome. and there's a taunt where you can like take his mask off it's cool and he like roars I wish we got. I think it'd be actually sick to have like just straight up Godzilla in Monster Hunter, just like some sort of crossover event. I mean, he'd be absolutely massive. I just think anyone Capcom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like if you if you announce a Dino Crisis remake, you just oh yeah, you just put a T Rex in. Yeah. Just a classic. That'd be Not a Devil Joe or anything. Just a T Rex. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm I'm hopeful. Like, I'm just based on, you know, the last couple of years of world, right? That recent track record. I'm optimistic for the future of Rise, uh, and so I hope mm-hmm. I hope there's some fun stuff because there was really fun stuff in World. You know, the Resident Evil event, Hebrew was great. Yeah. If Dragon's Witcher. Dogma ever comes back, you know, that seems like primed to to happen. Jones, after your recent Dragon's Dogma experience, would you be like immediately in on a Dragon's Dogma too? Probably, yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, unless they did did, did some weird departure or something that sure. uh, uh, I was not familiar with. But um, yeah, it's like the only thing holding me back from just like really pouring myself into dogma is just work. Just sure, yeah. stuff I got to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, that uh, especially because we're not here to talk about Dragon's Dogma. But uh, just did, I did not was not aware that I had the capabilities of buying a free pawn that was far <laughs> more level than I would ever get in this game. And I could just from range just 
to this like the absolute the unit just to completely rip that game in half. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Well, let's dig in um, to Monster Hunter. I'm kind of doing that in Monster Hunter because I got my uh, my dog and my cat that I just I'm still at range. You know, yeah. I'm using my are you using heavy bow gun? Heavy bow gun. Nice. Yeah. And so it's just it's fun to see Sophia Norbert just to get in the get in the start scrapping away. Oh, Brandon, that's perfect for the names. I wasn't gonna do it because I'm like I don't know how you feel about writing Sophie. You know, like that seems a little strange. Me, yeah, just, like, going through yeah. the woods. I get. That. And then I was going through the ears, and they had like Sophie's ears, and I'm like, all right, well, oh well, <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> that's actually a good point about the Palamutes because like they're super thin creatures. Mm-hmm. And you, the, some of the armor that you can wear, you look like a walking tank. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Especially if you got like a heavy bow gun strapped to you. That's got to be pretty heavy. But um, yeah, I got to uh, obviously say quite a bit of my piece about Monster Hunter Rise um, in the review. And so I just kind of want to open up the floor to you guys. Uh, Brandon, I think this is your first Monster Hunter. Um, uh, I played World uh, at... Uh, I think I actually played was the first of the LS to play World because I played it at PAX. Must be nice. Like the first the first time it was demoed, yeah. And then I really really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. then I want to say I played it again, but I don't. I mean, I don't think it's in my library, so I don't think I ever actually like pulled the trigger. But um, uh, and it's the it, like this the system of how Monster Hunter works is just like perfect for me. It's mm-hmm. just like you you jump in, you do a thing, and then you, you're done. And if you have time, you do another one. And um, you're, you're slowly incrementally making your way up the, you know, the, the gear ladder. Um, and uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of fun directions to pull yourself in a lot of rewards after mm-hmm. you finish missions. And uh, the world is really pretty. It's just, it's, it's very focused on stuff that I just love doing in games anyway. And so the thing about world was I'm like, I don't dare get into this. I get it. I get in hard or I don't get it at all. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think I didn't have an excuse this time around. It was like, I feel, I feel like I'm ready. I definitely feel, um, like I missed out mm. on world. No, no regrets because I'm happy of all the other games that I played in the time that I would have played world. But, uh, I think it's, it's time for me to dabble. It, it's time for me to hunt. It's also one of those things where I, and I feel like a lot of games are this way where I think jumping in at the beginning is the best way to go. Um, because then it's not like. Oh God, like I have to get through all of the base game stuff and this DLC and all like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're at the starting line. And I think, uh, I think that helps for sure. And it's funny cause we, we've been playing uh, Diablo three Huber, hmm. um, last couple of weeks. And I feel like, uh, the loot in Diablo three, you know, I'm, I'm just pretty much looking at the stats. It's not that yeah. you can't look cool. There's definitely very cool looking gear in Diablo three and you can transmog things and stuff, but that's what's so exciting about monster hunter loot is just like how dramatic of a visual difference it is between the different monsters uh mm-hmm. armor and weapons it's really cool just that ownership of hunting some cool looking beast and then mm. wearing its parts yeah is, oh uh, yeah the connection to your world way. like that i mean that almost that really doesn't happen a lot in any even like in mmos and stuff it's like if you go after a boss in a raid and that boss drops something like that stuff will be themed to the DLC or to the region, but not mm-hmm. to that boss. It's not like, oh yeah, that's what he would have on him, you know. Harad's uh, they don't really contextualize shoulder. a lot of that stuff. <laughs> but um uh yeah, so it's very sad. When I started to see that where I was like, oh, if I want to set, I can just go do that mission. I yeah. can just say, like, yeah, I want to go hunt one of those things. Yep. Or if I'm focused on another mission and I see that you know monster that I recognize, I like being able to see them all in the map and the way all of that works. Um, um, oh, I played, we, we played a bunch of the 3DS version too. That was it. I was, I was like, there's gotta be, or, or the, mm-hmm. not the 3DS, the 
ultimate version of a 3ds game that generations came out on ultimate switch? on switch yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. we we did a, a group stream of that yeah so. yeah i i up. was recently reminded of that group stream i feel like i had blanked it out or something but um with rise uh and and this is monster Hunter in general but again like a, talking about the the acquisition of loot something that i think is so satisfying is that to get some of the loot you need to do specific things or you have a better chance of getting some parts if you do specific things so it's like well you know you need to break the claws or you need to break the head or cut off the tail and that you know just modifies the hunt a little bit it gives you something to focus on it gives you like a little bit of a a challenge as you're trying to piece stuff together uh, that it encourages you to work with others like cutting off tails i use a hammer so that's not my specialty mm-hmm. so it encourages me to you know find someone who can cut a tail off and right. uh, share those rewards mm-hmm. <laughs> um how are you guys feeling just in terms of mechanics because we were talking about it during the stream because i was explaining what affinity was uh and i'm like thinking to myself, like, I don't know that the game does a great job of explaining, like, some of these concepts. Like, you could get by at the beginning without knowing some of this stuff, but obviously, like, your your experience is improved if you kind of know more than nuts and bolts. Yeah, Infinity's confusing, and, like, because I played World, I know to look at the sharpness color. Mm-hmm. Like, if I didn't know that, the game has mm. not told me that at all, and I mm. know how important, like, getting that next color yeah of sharpnesses mm-hmm. so that's that to me has been the biggest omission from a, a novice player of just like learning the game mm-hmm. i feel like it, it should mention that without having to like dig into the menu it should be like yo concentrate on like this stat because that'll help you get you know because i i fought a um keza kezu mm-hmm. i fought a kezu which is just a bioorganic weapon from resident evil that's yeah. all it is <laughs> Like it's a weird looking thing, thing. Umbrella made this creature. Yeah. Uh, I was like trying to hit hit it. Its head is really weak. But then like when I got the wings and stuff, it would just bounce off. And I was like, see, I bet if this mm. was sharper, mm. I, would, I could just unload. But mm. I really had to like pick my spots. Yep. So, but overall, I think, I think Ben, it's, it's been a little easier for me to get into, obviously, because this is my second Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. But World did not. And you were telling me that, that this is. This is from games in the past, but World did not have this separation of single player and multiplayer. Correct, yeah. And this is helping me so much learning at my own pace. When I when I can't group up with friends, I can just focus on the single player side. I can do, you know, gathering quests, hunting small creatures quests. Yeah. I can really learn, you know, take my time and and I like that that aspect cuz with World, it, anytime I was playing on my own, I felt like I was missing out. It was like, God, oh, you know, I should be playing as a group. It goes faster. It's better. Mm-hmm. But this, I don't feel like I'm missing anything at all because it is this separate side of the game. So I really like that. Yeah. What's nice about the village quests is, is a few things. I feel like it is just a perfect way to kind of get you into the swing of things and, and, mm-hmm. and build your confidence. So when you do get into the hub quests, you feel uh, prepared, which is really, really nice. And it doesn't take that much time. Like you can, you can breeze through them pretty quickly, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. And we, you no longer have to deal with the, um, awkward, terrible situations in the world where 
we would be trying to group up, but you would have yeah. to go and watch the cutscene first, and then then we could get together. And it, it just was cumbersome in a way that didn't make any sense and was a giant pain in the ass. And here, so far, just getting in with everybody and, and you know, getting going and moving has been uh, mm -hmm. great. It's been very convenient for sure. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the biomes as well. I just got to the, the desert one, the Sandy mm -hmm. Plains, man. Yeah. Just got to the Sandy Plains. And this is a this is a zone I tend to not really like, just brown desert mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm. But using the wire bug to traverse this area is so fun. There's really high peaks. I, I like went up to this shrine at the top of some place and got some little lore up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can go all the way down into like caves and stuff. Just a really fun environment to to zip around in. Yeah. Um Honestly, exploring has been just as much fun for me as uh, fighting monsters. Um, and, you know, looking at your map, it's really easy to find things. If you, you know, you're looking for honey or, 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 or whatever it is you're looking for, like it's pretty much right there. But even though you kind of always, always know where stuff generally is, just getting there is so much fun. Like mm -hmm. figuring out the path up and like trying to see if you have enough stamina to run up a wall or getting an extra wire bug so you can, you know, go even farther. All of that stuff, um, it's it's just a blast. Like, it's so easy to get, like, a small goal in mind. Like, I'm going to go hunt this thing or I'm going to go over here and collect something and then get distracted by, like, 10 other things and yeah. end up, you know, somewhere else. That last, like, when you finish a quest and it's about to boot you out, mm -hmm. but there's that last minute dash of, like, gather right, everything. Right. Like, give, give me all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you capture it, you have so much less time. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, uh, how has mm. it been for you? Uh, how has the, the heavy bogan between you? How have the monsters been? All that good stuff. Well, the bogo was interesting because that was the when we played the demo. I, mm -hmm. I was just like all of a sudden, like, oh my goodness, why I didn't know this like aliens, you know, yeah. like heavy gun <laughs> type of like th this mood was available in in monsters. This feels like cheating almost. Mm -hmm. I can just sit back and just boom, 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 boom. and I'm definitely more acquainted now with ammo types uh, versus like what I should use that against. I'm not necessarily that familiar. And it's the kind of thing where like, they give you a lot of ammo when you first start out mm. and I've like used all of it, just experimenting. And so now I'm like, all right, I don't know if I really want to like spend resources on something. If I don't know, I'm going to get that, you know, that huge of a benefit from it. Mm. Um, so I've just kind of slowly taken, you know, my way through it. I like the, um, what was interesting is I, I thought I would love the bow. Cause I usually like go after bows in every game. And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm really going to click with it, but there was something it was just a lot heavier. I think like all the ranged weapons, there definitely is kind of like a um, a heaviness to it. They're not like that fast. Like you don't move that fast. Generally, you don't move that fast, which is why the wire bug is, is such a big deal mm -hmm. in this game. And so I figured like if I'm just standing still and not moving that fast and I really need to like see if I can find a cozy position and not have things bother me and then really just like damage, 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 I'd rather have this gigantic gun. Like it just feels more... Um, satisfying just to just wail on things with that with that guy but the I don't remember what my first wire bug move is but the second one is just while I have the gun out just that like I want to go over there wire bug yoink and that mm -hmm. is like so helpful not for a quick dodge but if I you know like if a monster looks at me and I can tell like oh here he comes I can just wait till he right before he starts to move and then just, yeah like 
very clean, you know, get out of the way. Um, and so it's been, I, I really haven't had any struggles beyond just like, ah, that's the button that sheathes. That's the button yeah. that pulls the weapon out. Um, there's just a lot of, uh, um, rote memorization that mm-hmm. I just got to like commit to, to get, to get really cozy with it. Especially when I'm like jumping around to like open world games and Avengers and then playing all this different stuff, like to get back into monster. Hunter, it's like, Oh, right. A good two works. hours of tutorial pop-ups. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and even just the, the quite learning what the different quests are and, and yeah. how uh, uh, weapons upgrade. I messed that up. Cause mm. I like regressed a weapon when I didn't, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> the, the, it's going to the right. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, but, uh, fun to learn and just uh like i said it's just so accessible in terms of what you're doing on any given level everything you know the specifically the thing that i'm going after whether it's a resource or a monster is very clear and um it's it's really a joy to um i don't know what it's like to be a melee class i remember when i would used to do that in mmos i would just so many of the things we were fighting were so huge it's like i'm sure this thing is cool but all i see is an ankle (laughs) it's literally like all i'm looking at so from range it's just nice to see again my you know my uh, palamute and my uh palico just like tearing it up and i think the lat one of the last things i went after is that big bird like the parasol bird Mm -hmm. that kind of like like falcon will block itself yeah and just the way it moves is so cool Mm -hmm. um like another monster will come in and fight it. And uh, it's just, a, it's a fun world to see uh, in motion to, you know, I, I love just the exploration of a natural environment. And um, this is so, un, uh, such an unusual place to be that it's just, it's fun to kind of, it feels like every second you're, wow, what is that thing? Whoa, is something flying overhead, especially when you get into a new zone. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the monsters do have just tremendous personality and it's fun seeing that stuff come out. Hubert, you're big, very big, infamously big on towns. How do you how do you feel about Kimura Village? It's good. I really like it. It's cozy. I love the music, man. I wanted to give a shout mm. out. The, to music the music is phenomenal. In this game. Yeah, right it's from the get go. The loading slash gathering hub song, like the when you finish a quest, the the song it does. It's just these songs are have, are, are already stuck in my head. Uh, you can uh, also change the music in your uh, house, which is very nice. I know. There's dude, a lot of good I, stuff there. I want to get some more decorations for the house, but I assume that's that's later on. But I'm like, try, I do every little quest. Like, I need to complete each star rank before I move on mm. to the other one. It's just... Oh, of course, of yeah, course. Got of to. Of course. Got to. Jones. You do like one, and they're like, all right, you're ready for two star. Yeah, I'm like, no. slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i really like plants to pick up <laughs> i really like the town i wish like i i i i wish it was all open but i get that it's not you know yeah. like you you instance into like the the gathering not instance but like you load into the gathering hub so it gives it like a little bit of separation other than that though amazing but i would like to yeah. be like up in the gathering hub like looking down at the town square and like see people running around like i i love that but it does just a little nitpick it's kind of a good and bad thing because there's there's a tightness to it that makes it incredibly easy to get around yeah so Um, easy and and the way you can just easily you know fast travel across the villages is wonderful of course um and that it's very convenient it doesn't feel tremendously like a village um Mm -hmm. I think uh, just, you know, coming off of Iceborne, just because it's, you know, a recent example, uh, 
that to me felt like a little bit more of a like a like an actual base yeah. and like the way kind of things like fed into each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, yo, I'll be over in the hot springs. Come get me when we're ready. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I still think aesthetically, it's just incredibly charming. You know, watching yeah. the felines, you know, make the dongo and and <laughs> uh, the guy with the long earlobes, you know, just hanging out in the hub and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's still cozy pretty jolly. For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very cozy. Uh, I want to talk to you guys. Um, but wyvern writing, uh, which is kind of a, a, a new big thing. So there's not like the traditional mount mounting system that Monster Hunter has employed for a while. It's wyvern writing where you actually take control of a beast, uh, which you know on paper sounds incredibly exciting. Is as is it as exciting as it sounds? Yes and no, Ben. I like that you can't just spam it. Mm-hmm. I felt like in world, I was just trying to mount. (laughs) Like, Mm. let me roll down a hill and land on you so I can mount. And this is just like, yo, I'm not even going to worry about that until the state is triggered to mount Mm. this thing. Um, So I like that it's not my focus. And then when it does happen, it's like, oh, time to capitalize. Um, So, I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I don't. I can't really compare it to anything other than world, mm-hmm. um, but I like that it, it just kind of happens and you have to react to it in the moment versus yeah. like planning it out. I know you can find those little bugs to kind of put it in the, that weakened state, but it still feels like it's more of a reactionary system. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I like about it, both with mounting and then the clutch claw and iceborne, like it doesn't really matter what you're fighting like you just kind of do the same thing Mm -hmm. so like the way you bring a monster down when you mount it is like you know you attack when it's not raging around and then you you know you hold still while it's raging and then with the clutch claw it's just like every monster okay it's like let's weaken these parts we can be doing more damage you know it was kind of like a a one-size-fits-all thing and so the thing that i i do like with uh, wyvern writing is when you're controlling a monster it feels a little bit different from the other monsters like obviously there's similarities but they they have different attacks and things you know so mm-hmm. if you are using it to attack another monster uh it's it feels a little bit different obviously like yeah. running them into the walls feels the same pretty much it feels monsters. so good i love yeah. that urgency because you don't have much time and it's like mm-hmm. when you hit a wall It'll make you go the other way, but it's like shit. If yeah. there's a wall right there, you kind of need to like, that. like scope out. Like, okay, yeah. where where am I going to be able to get the most? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, so that's fun. Just dodging like right at the right time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love the uh, I love the presentation of the monsters, Ben. Just that little the videos they do before and the all oh, the opening videos are so great. Yeah, like fatal frame vibes. I they <laughs> they wouldn't let us put it any of them in their review. And I get that they don't want to spoil them for people because they are really cool. But I wish we could have just put like a snippet of an early monster in because they're yeah that yeah it those opening videos are fantastic. They do it for the locations and the monsters, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Azuros is just like drinking. There's something about like drinking blood or something. It's so nuts. Um, so Huber, uh, and Brandon. You know, I know, I know you guys are, are, are into good video game stories. We spent a lot of time talking about video game stories. Not really much of a story going on in Rise at all to, to 
It's not the reason you're moving forward, I would say. Does that bother you at right. all? Mm. Go ahead, Jones. Uh, it wouldn't bother me if they didn't. It does take a bit, like, to get through. It does. You have to, like, manually exit tutorials. Like, do you want to leave the tutorial? Like, mm. yeah. It's like the 20th tutorial window you gave me in the last five minutes. Like, I would very much like to leave it and play this game if that's cool. So there is, like, you know, it, it's it's one thing if they didn't have it and it was just very, like, <laughs> you just go and talk to these people and go have fun. But, like, there definitely is, like, oh, look at you, young scrapper. You're getting to be a better hunter. It's like, we're doing this or we're not. Like, don't, if you're not going to have a story, don't waste my time. Like, let me just get in there sure. and do this. But, like, there is kind of, like, a um, there were some times where, you know, like, meet a new vendor. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, like, if you're, this, if they, all we're going to do is buy and sell stuff to each other, then... You're taking way more time on this than I think is is justified. So um, it was. This is not something I did not set my expectations there. I was not going in being like, "Aha! Finally, I'm unlocking one of the chapters of the mighty Monster Hunter Saga." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think just just the 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 setup. And again, you know, I've only put in like three or four hours, but like the setup of the stampede and and you know, uh, from what I can tell, you you always understand at least what the relationship any given town in a Monster Hunter game has with the environment, like why the world looks the way it does mm-hmm. and, and how these people react to it. Um, and so I think that's that, that's kind of all you need. Sure, uh, yeah. And, and to um, echo what you were saying earlier, just kind of like the general, the personality of the town. Like right. everyone has so much energy and they're always so happy to see you and all the vendors just love their jobs so much and they're all so passionate that like that gets me through it. You know, if it was very like dull and there was no story then you'd be like, okay, you just get like, get me out of this town. I just want to get back to the next mission. But um, uh, yeah, the, the, the characterizations come through, I think, well enough that uh, I, I wouldn't be sad if it was there. I just, uh, I don't necessarily need it. Yeah, I, I, think I, I, agree. I think I was more invested in the plot of World and, and Iceborne because mm-hmm. like the cinematics and stuff. But I'm more invested in the characters and the vibes of Rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just get like, naruto ninja village energy from a lot of these characters and like you got your jiraiya and your kakashi and the the cool like twins uh that give you quests so i like the characters and the energy and and the mood more and 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 i think because there's also that single player side that helps me get invested in kind of what's going on because i'm just playing by myself like listening reading the dialogue like taking my time Monster Hunter, I feel like, is always cheerful, but I, I feel like uh, Kimura Village really reiterates that. Like, everybody's just so damn happy to be there <laughs> and, like, help out. Like, they're just, like, they're just so thrilled about it. Like, it, it, yeah, it's like... And happy awesome. for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that it's not, it's not like, you got a lot to learn, mister. You know, yeah. it's like, you're a hunter. Congratulations. Right. You got a lot you know, to it's learn. Like, right. Awesome. Yeah, almost, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like after I officially get my license and I'm like, all right, I'm good to go. It's like almost like every person I talk to after that's like, hey, heard the good news. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing real good. And like I finished like five missions. I'm like you're coming along, buddy. I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm doing real good. That really <laughs> helps the investment, too, uh, is uh, the dialogue boxes like trigger people every time you come back. Not every time, but a lot of the time when you come back to town. Yeah, like somebody wants to talk people. to you and it's very yes. easy to see where all that stuff is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. they have quests. Sometimes they just give you things. Love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe last thing to touch on now is uh, the, the Rampage quests. 
Um, because like in in the review, I compared them to the the, the siege quests in World, which mm-hmm. I felt like kind of were were such a slog because it. It, it didn't really feel like Monster Hunter anymore. It was just kind of like a boring wait for it to be over sort of thing. But I really mm-hmm. like the Rampage quest, the tower defense yeah. nature of it. How do you feel about it, Huber? Dude, it reminds me of uh, 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 the Siege, but like an arena combined. Yeah. Kind of like in the middle, the middle ground. It's and like a I, Siege you have to think about. Yeah, I loved it. We just did that one on stream and I cannot and I, wait And I haven't played this, but I watched, mm. I watched <laughs> you guys stream that and that was... I mean, I love Tower Defense, right. so I'm like... Yeah, that was a blast. My, uh, my only question, uh, Ben, is if they get to the point where you need to think about what you put and where, or does that not ever really matter? You just throw your turrets yeah. down and unload. Because um, I would love it if the final ones were like, okay... Jones, you work on getting a Gatling gun in the Northeast. Like, Ben, right. mm-hmm. you work about getting a cannon in the front lines to get the small, you know, if you really had to coordinate that. But like. I think it's the six-star urgent quest, I want to say, um, hub quest, where I did a rampage with other reviewers online, and it was definitely the the most intense. Like, okay, the, okay, the, the, the Apex monster was at the gate breaking it down and we had to like wait because there's a there's a call that they'll do and it's like okay either you got to kill this thing or you've got to wait for the timer to go down and it was a long timer and i remember like sweating bullets like trying to to get it to go down so obviously we weren't playing optimally but i felt what i wanted to feel and that is like appropriate tension right like i wasn't just like turning my mind off and being like, okay, whatever. Uh, it was like, oh, how can we do more damage or when should I use these things or should I place this thing here? It was just like, that was going the the entire time. And I, I don't think like the Rampage quests are like strategically brilliant necessarily, mm-hmm. but I, I think, you know, like I said, they do have some tension to them um, and they're, they're an engaging way to break up you know, totally. regular hunts. Most importantly, that's what they do. They yeah. give you a little extra variety. That's why I always, I liked when we did arena quests in Rise or uh, World every once in a while, mm-hmm. just because it's quick action. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. get in, start breaking parts. Uh, so I just like being able to to dance around different modes like that. Yeah, and that's great. Why, first impression from that. That's why the, the Resident Evil quest, I think, stood out to me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, is just because it's like, oh, here's here's just a unique mechanic that we're just going to do for this one hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love stuff like that. Stuff that that really um, just changes it up or tries something new that you, you can't get anywhere else. And so I hope with the updates, they they throw in some things like that. Like the, the cool Tarath, uh, like sort of raid in World was also neat. Like other people yeah. would be hunting and uh, you'd have, you'd have multiple groups trying to take the thing on. That was, that was pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. Dragon's Dogma vibes. <laughs> uh, Brandon, I didn't really get to watch much of it at all, uh, just like a tiny snippet, but you and Bloodworth were playing some mm-hmm. It Takes Two on stream. Yes, yes. Tell me about it. Uh, yeah, we played it for about three hours, and I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. We, we wow. had an absolutely wonderful time. Uh, I think the major thing that surprised me is this game is heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 
Holy cow. So I don't think I got those vibes from the trailer. No. And nor no, and, and I don't think it's misleading. Mm. You know, I think it's it, it's what you know is true, which is this is a, a couple that is dealing with something and, and kind of a la like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or, you know, Narnia or, you know, they're kind of thrown into this fantasy situation and um, introduced to, you know, to a bunch of super wacky characters. Like, so if you've played Brothers and if you've played A Way Out, like this is... There, I don't know if they're like ideas that the, the, the Ferris and team had like cooped up, you know, for so many years. But like they're this, our jaw was on the floor constantly. We were constantly like, "What? What is it? What?" You know, like not only the introduction of things, but then what these weird things did after that, mm. like going from like fighting a vacuum cleaner mm. to like dealing with like militant squirrels. Cool, like, it's fight. just, it's just, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. But uh, you're constantly learning new mechanics. Uh, and, and there's a lot of really great sharing of items. So like every time they introduced a new thing, like blood would get one version of it and I would get a totally different version and he could do things that I couldn't do. I could do three things he couldn't do. And we could do a lot of different things together. And all of that had a, uh, it's one thing it reminded me of, like, for some reason I kept thinking of Lego games and I was like, man, if we were playing a Lego game, we would have been stuck by this point. There would have been some puzzle that we're just like, all right, I know I got this thing. I know I can maybe do something with it, but I can't see. Is that are those like flowers? What am I supposed to be watering or what's this pulley thing? And like we were just flying through it. We were, just, you know, it, maybe it took us a second to like, you know, flip a switch four or five times and then be like, what are we? Oh, that latch is there. OK. And um it was really fun. Like all of the items were very active. So like, you know, he would have like a hammer on his back or like the top of the metal part of a hammer, you know, without the handle and I would have nails. So I'd have to like actively throw them at a wall as he was in midair flying toward them. And then he would swing off them. And then I would pull that nail back and then throw it above him. So he could then flip off of that. That's so awesome. it's like, even if it takes, mm-hmm. even if it takes us seven or eight times to do it, we're kind of, we're laughing as he keeps falling mm-hmm. and dying and like, okay, hold on. I got this. Um, but the heaviness is just that this this is a couple that is uh, having a lot of marital woes and um, they don't shy away from that at all. So like there's kind of a playfulness about like, oh, we've discovered this thing. Remember, I told you to do that and you never did spouse. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, well, I told you to do this. Ha ha ha. And then it'll kind of get serious about like, see, that's the issue with our marriage. Like those are the things that frustrate me about you that you don't listen or you keep focusing on these other things. And so it's like that tension that kind of inevitability of like, are 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 they is a relationship going to survive this? I don't know. Like, part of me doesn't like it when you have a film about divorce or a film about marital issues, and then like they solve it at the end because like that's not always the way this right. stuff works. I kind of like you know like spoilers for twenty year old comedy, but thirty almost. But uh, I love in Mrs. Doubtfire like they don't get back together. <laughs> you know, like this is it's not about that. It's not about Robin Williams and Sally Field like you know, finding each other. It's about him growing up and accepting his responsibility. It's about them realizing the different lives that they need to lead and um, and that being okay, like them still functioning as a family even though they're apart. Uh, and so it's it's weird that it's so cartoonish and like Secret of Nim meets like Roger Rabbit, <laughs> just, just really bizarre stuff. But then at the same time can really be grounded in like what's important to them how much they love their daughter, you know, how much they wanted to, you know, get back to her and how much they worry about her. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we just, uh, uh, easily something I I hear it's like somewhere between 15 to 20 hours, like somewhere in that ballpark Hmm. and, uh, easily something that I could, you know, you know, that stream flew by. Like there was never a point where we got 
frustrated or did a puzzle that we were just like okay that was stupid i'm gonna sound Um, like a boomer but when i was playing the only thing i thought of was how far video games have come in such a short amount of time this is a freaking video game about divorce Mm. like are you kidding (laughs) me when I was growing up, dude, playing video games about divorce and like it's all about like monsters and aliens and you know, but like it's dealing with such real things while also still being just such a video game. So just love the vibes. It's it's interesting. It actually reminds me of Stay Tuned with John Ritter, <laughs> sure, uh, which sure. is a movie about this. He he gets sold a cable company from the devil, and so he gets sucked into a cable box and is basically going through a cable service that has been created to entertain Satan. And so it's just yeah. all these horror. Yeah. It's all these satanic versions of like television shows and movies and stuff. Um, but it 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 is the same kind of vibe where it's like it's a comedy, but you know you still care about these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's um, and just the. Uh, what the, what he's done for what that team's done for three you know really impressive games now that I I played all of them I didn't finish a way out but uh, really enjoyed my time with it just the stark separation of the two of Tony you that, like you are you are never together like you might be able to see you all at the same time but um, uh, there's just a lot of moments where I would you know they would give some responsibility to blood and I would just be like good luck man <laughs> you know I can I cannot help you at all right now I'm just watching you do that weird thing that you're doing and um, uh, it's delightful. It's 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 a it's a game where you could tell no was never said in the development. Mm. You know meetings. You know, like somebody was like, "Okay, hear me out. What if there's this hive and there's wasps? And one of them's a robot." And there's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Like, um, and really good. And, uh... and and to think I've only played like you know you know uh, ten. 20% of it, maybe. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of other crazy stuff going on. There was, of people who had played it before us, uh, chat kept saying, this next part's great. This next part's great. And they're just like, I know I can, I'm a broken record, but this next part's really fun. You know, a lot of great, uh, because it's like, uh, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where you're, you know, very small, you know, in kind of a grounded kind of a way, like exploring all these environments. There's just uh, lots of really fun Easter eggs and things they've lost that they find again. And um, it's neat to see the world from that perspective. Yeah, and like any good platformer too, it feels so good. Uh, just like oh, yeah. quick hops, quick jumps. The jump, jump, dash is so nice. The air dash feels so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the co-op mechanics, like that vacuum fight, Jones, you were talking about just how one person needs to do one thing, another person needs to do another thing, but you also need to coordinate when, you know, okay, I'm going on now. Or like, you know, you need yeah. to you need to move around so the thing drops ahead so this person can do that, so... And it just all ends in death. So yeah. it's just like, wait, no, move in the vacuum. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fall. Okay. All right. Let's try that again. You're like, really Sorry. fast. Really <laughs> like fast checkpoints. Dropped too. off the ledge, fell and splashed. Just like, oops. Yeah. Never <laughs> frustrating because you're always right yeah. back in it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you die, you have to spam. Uh, there's like a little heart icon and you have to like, ah, triangle, triangle, triangle. And spam Is it hold or mash? I was confused. Mash. Okay. You gotta mash. Good to know. Um, so it's the thing is, if you both get taken out, then you you know have to like. I think the most brutal rewind we had to do was in uh, one phase of a boss fight that was just like okay. After like the fifth death, we're like okay, we got focus here. Let's get this done. Uh, uh, but um, it, this is a joy. This isn't really a, a game problem. It's more of a me problem. But I always find that when I'm playing with friends, I I have such a good time. But like you know, we get to talking and and bantering and stuff, and like kind of. Are, are sort of playing the game on autopilot while we talk. And so I, I have those moments where it's like, wait, what's going on in the story? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think like kind of the laughs and just social element of 
the game make it hard to appreciate when it kind of goes in and, and has those serious moments? Uh, no, because there's not like a t- there's not a ton of them, and a lot of the great like banter that they have between the characters, like the cutscenes are really brief. Um, uh, the, the book, uh, who if you remember from the trailers, is like I'm here to fix your relationship, yeah. and like he's like they react to him in a very realistic way where like he'll like reappear and be like hello and like they'll jump like oh god you scared me and like will you please leave us alone we're just trying to get out of here you know so like they are kind of confused like you are like really what you know what his motivation is and um a lot of the best lines happen uh in real time so like there's a lot of great back and forth dialogue of like like for example I was saying like this vacuum cleaner where like I'm on one end like okay Ben I'm gonna jump through you gotta aim the other end so you point me at the place I'm trying to go and then we failed and then Blood's like alright I just have to be quicker sorry I got it now and then when I was going through the second time he said something it's like okay don't mess it up this time oh ah! sure you know so like they knew who did it of the two of us and that it failed the first time. So there's a lot of um, fun dialogue in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I could see you, yeah, maybe just putting on subtitles and kind of turning your brain off, but it's very clear. And, and really it was only, I think in three hours, there were only like maybe, maybe three, but I, two cutscenes I remember the first one. And there's one beat between the dad and the daughter in the story where I was, we were both just like, wow, I did not think it was going to be this real, um, uh, and not just not like depressing, just impactful, just really just like, oof, you know, t- tough beat, kid. You know, like this is a rough thing to have to accept and understand and re- and, and see your place in all of this. And not to mention, she probably doesn't realize, you know, all these crazy magical things are happening. So um, there's a lot of nuance in the moment, too. Like when one person holds mm-hmm. something open, the wife character was just like, like, yo, you better not you better not shut that on me. You better not do that. And it's like she said stuff like that, like four or five times just of like. You better not drop me. She's like so untrusting of the husband. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just picking up on little things like that. I love. And, and you can, yeah. And, and and also picking up on moments you'll finish something and she's like, hey, good job. Yeah. He's like, thanks. Yeah. You know, like these little, because it's so, you know, that, that's like, I think one of my main, you know, a uh, little nervous in the story getting near the end where it's like, well, I guess we didn't have any problems with our marriage after all. It's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what marriage could be fixed in like half a day, <laughs> but. You know, um, uh, so it, it is you can kind of predict like slowly, you know, how they'll make you, you know, bring them back together. And, um, you know, uh, what's, what's from speed like relationships are based on traumatic experiences. <laughs> really what's the yeah, something like that. So uh, I don't I don't want the story to have too much of that. I, I hope it still kind of has a very realistic approach. Stay and, together for the kids. Um, sure. It sounds uh, wonderful. Um is this something because like the the situations that you're describing like sound pretty fun and frantic like you know i i love playing video games with my wife but she's not you know she didn't grow up with video games she's not as versed in video games uh is it something that like we could appreciate together or is it ben literally this is the first video game i've ever played with my wife okay and and it's finally the one it's working well okay cool yeah Cool. She, you know, there's a little only, aiming and shooting I was nervous about where I'm like, I don't know. If she reads books. She does not play video games, which is probably good because then it would just be nonstop video games in this house. <laughs> I'm already addicted enough for 10 people. But I was like, yo, Jones and them already streamed it, so I doubt I'll stream it. Brad is probably going to play with Kristen. Like, 
they recommend you play this game locally. It's about a married couple. Like, if we were ever to play a game, this is the one. Mm. This is the one to play. Uh, the reviews are out of control. It's, like, already an early goatee contender. Uh, and I think just because you quick load so fast, and there's a button, the key key button of this game, there's a button to push that uh, focuses on your partner. Gotcha. Immediately. So anytime right. she's like freaking out, what, what's going on? Just like, fo- boom, there you are. Okay. <laughs> so really, just really easy to get into game uh, for people that maybe not are skilled at video games. Sure. That's yeah. awesome. And you're moving a lot. That's the other thing mm-hmm. about like Lego or or some kind of like family oriented puzzle action games is you'll like get into a new zone and then you got to like solve this puzzle and you're kind of staring at the same environment for like a long time. You are constantly moving. You are going through tunnels and coming out of walls and jumping over things and going under stuff. And, you know, it's just like you rarely stay in the same place for more than we're like, taking minutes, it really you know? slow, Joan. So if you probably watched like yours versus ours, <laughs> you guys would be zipping sure. around and ours is like okay jump jump right, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. we're just we're taking our time dude uh <laughs> kind of i feel like on the the exact opposite end of the gaming spectrum uh huber you've played some curse of the dead gods curse of the dead gods dude focus focus up yeah okay all right i'm listening uh this game's great i really this game came out right at the same time as loop hero and loop hero took all the publicity and the hype which is an incredible game no disrespect loop hero amazing but this game came out too and just slid under the radar slid on by and now i feel like its moment has kind of passed i wonder if that that's also because like we kind of just got through a huge hades hype wave like that game was so big and such a great point but it's very similar it's like a hades and darkest dungeon kind of combined it's very difficult um but it is a roguelite and there are you go through each stage and at the end of a stage uh there's a boss and when you finish that boss then you advance to like the next kind of hub world so there's like nine or ten levels think of like a pyramid there's like three on the bottom three on the top or like three 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 and one or whatever is like the last one um but a traditional run is you uh you go through each room and there's a lot of mechanics so it is it is kind of tricky to explain there's a lot of mechanics there's like light and dark so if you're in the light that gives you kind of benefits or if you're in the you're in the darkness that can kind of sap your strength um you have a torch you can light light things on fire to kind of illuminate areas um and if too much darkness consumes you, like if you go through a door, each time you advance to another room, that'll cost darkness. Uh, if you if you if your darkness meter goes up too much, you get a curse uh, and you can have five curses per run. So these curses can really mess you up. Like the final curse is just like, yo, you're always losing health. Like you're, yeah. yeah. So brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, but just the combat is really where this game sings. Uh, there is a primary, secondary, and heavy weapon that you have, uh, and a stamina meter. The stamina is so expertly freaking balanced in this game, it deserves to be applauded. Two-handed weapons take one full chunk of stamina. Small weapons, you get three attacks per chunk. So really, knowing when to use what. Two-handed weapons stun enemies also, um... Parrying can recover health. 
Dodging costs stamina, so knowing when to dodge, knowing when to parry, knowing when to two-hand stun, or knowing when to just get some quick attacks in there uh, is so cool. You can pair weapons together single-handed, and the, the gun is really cool. You can, like, hit them and then shoot them. Uh, you can, like, hold for perfect shots. Just really, really incredible combat where if you're focused up you can just destroy everything in a second or it can all come crashing down the second you take your mind off it hmm. so really like that yeah based on your hype and then just uh some positive reception i saw of it i i just booted it up just to give it a quick yeah. spin and mm-hmm. uh it, it it was really interesting you were you played yeah, some? I've played just a tiny, tiny bit. Yes, um, And I really liked it. It's like one yes. of those games that I could easily see myself sinking into. Uh, because, yeah. you know, you were talking about the combat and mastering it. And I just, I love that in games. Yeah. And uh, some of the, I believe it was, the curses that I got were just really creative as well. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't always like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. It was like, okay. If you open chess, you have to successfully parry. And it's yeah. like, that is brutal and hilarious. And like, spikes kind of cool. pop out. Yeah. And it was like, oh, well, that will also like maybe get me better at the parry timing because mm. it was, I was definitely struggling with it, like trying to just master it with yeah. uh, the enemies and things like that. Yeah, the enemies will throw off your parry timing, Ben. It's so brutal and annoying, but I love it. Mm. Like, some enemies will, like, delay for a second and you just parry too quick, but then some will just, like, fake you out and get in there. The ones where they'll shoot their orbs is really annoying because some will come right at you, but then others will, like, slowly float at you. And I'm just like, parry, 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 oh, oh, oh. And I get, like, stun locked. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, the only, the only real criticism I have is, like, I finally got to near the end, Ben, mm-hmm. the last couple ones, and the the final ones are just extended runs. So the early one will be like, okay, you go through like five or six rooms and then a boss. Towards the end, it's like, yo, you go through like 15 rooms, three bosses. It got to a point where it's like 45 minute runs and I die. Right. Punishing, man. And you know, famously in Darkest Dungeon, we always talk about, which is a 10 out of 10 game. But Darkest Dungeon, I got to the Darkest Dungeon, lost my entire party, mm-hmm. and hard quit the game. I was like, all right, right. you win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Same thing with this game. I uninstalled it at a point. I actually just reinstalled it because I was like, dude, <laughs> let me give it another shot. I Like, this is a game you have to be okay with. Like, yo, I got my money's worth. You win. Sure, I feel right. like if you're okay with that, um, you'll you'll get the maximum value out of this thing because it can. It's th- those final ones are really brutal, really really brutal. Where it's like, damn, I just spent 40, 40, 45 minutes getting to the end of this, and like, really, yeah, you retain some skulls, which is kind of the the roguelite permanent upgrades. But even those upgrades will just be like, yo, you can start with like a little better weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, so those returns really start to diminish once you get really further in the game. So the time, the time investment to mastering it and to getting through it at mm-hmm. the very, very end goes up like a rocket ship. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, and kind of going back to the like Hades comparison, I think something that's off in the blow there because I remember the first time I got to Hades mm-hmm. and then I died and I went all the way back and it's like ah, uh, but you know. The, the story was so well presented that you were like, you know, mm-hmm. getting some kind of cool interactions like 
you had that nice like take a breath moment. Yeah. I'm with Hades that I think made it kind of easy to just keep banging your head against. And the rewards in Hades, even if you died, you're still getting some benefits. Yeah. This, the benefits really start to kind of just evaporate. Again, you can level up your chances of taking better weapons in. But after that, it's it's not much. You're not really getting like better stats, more health. It's just like, yo, your weapon's a little better, which helps. How do you feel about the different weapons? I really like the variety. The spears, the spears are so cool because it's all about spacing if you get them with the tip it's like a critical strike the hammer is so good because it's a sweeping strike so it's good for groups uh the claws are really good because it's like quick 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 quick. the bow jones is so fun because you have to time it it's like this uh it'll charge it it'll be like right there boom shoot and it's like critical strike um and also shout out to the events Every day there's a new event that puts like really creative modifiers on it. Mm. Uh, and it gives you a lot of extra rewards. It was like out of nowhere, really, really fun. I was like logging in every day just to do an event. One of them nice. was like the bow themed around the bow uh, where you could only use the bow, but it was like insane damage. Oh, but nice. every time, every time you used it though, it would corrupt you a little bit. So you had to like really pick your shots, get like, big strong that's shots a really in. good addition yeah yeah super fun um I, I remember in hades kind of having an aha moment with the shield where i was like yep i definitely my first clear is going to be with the shield like it's just mm-hmm. clicking <laughs> with me um, if you have a shield in this ben your parry window increases oh nice yeah um did you did oh, you nice. have that moment with any of the weapons where there was one that you kind of just immediately gravitated toward i love the spear i really love the spear uh, there's Spears a build, also very good days. There's one where like after you do your finisher, because it's like circle, 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 like finisher. After you do your finisher, you get a point of stamina back. So I could start like really using a lot of those hits. So I really like the spear. Uh, also, the sword and the gun combo, the six shooter. Yeah, is really fun because you can do this move where you like knock them back with the gun. It's cool. Yeah. Getting the perfect shot with the gun was pretty yeah. satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, so I just like the weapons. Uh, again, you know, you're it's a punishing game, especially once you get to the to the final area. So if you know that going in, if you're okay with maybe just hitting a brick wall of difficulty and being like, okay, like if you know that going in, I think you'll you'll really enjoy this game because, like you were saying, Ben, it's just yeah. so fun to really master this combat. You can feel so good going into a room and just like rolling, parry, kill, dodge, yeah. like. Just doing everything flawlessly in a room is so rewarding. Um, it's funny because as as much as I gravitate toward those games, and I really think they are my favorite kind of games, like any sort of, of combat mastery and, and strategy and all mm-hmm. that stuff, I, I just adore that stuff. But at the same time, sometimes I, I feel like it it takes me a bit to dive into them because like, because it's funny because we'll be talking about the, the Doom Eternal DLC and... That took me forever to get through because it's like, okay, I, I need to be like not exhausted and I need <laughs> yeah, like yeah, an right. entire day. Like, yeah, you know, right. I need to just be able to like sit there and grind it out and learn and really focus. Yeah. And sometimes it can be hard finding that space. Totally. For sure. I, th- this game started out, like you were saying, Jones, with hunts. The early stages of Curse of the Dead Gods is very like, 
okay, quick run. Mm. Oh, that was fun. Oh, oh, sure, one more. Then by, you know, 10, 15, 20 hours in, it's it's Doom Eternal. It's like, yo, <laughs> let me sit down for two or three hours and, like, focus up. <laughs> Rip and tear until it's done. Yeah. Um, so we're at the part of the show where one of us will do a PSA. We'll warn <laughs> our audience about something. You can use this to rant. You can use this to caution. You can use this to... to uh, share a bad experience that you've had recently. Uh, but we're going to play a little game. Um, Balan Wonderworld just came out. <laughs> and on on Steam, that it, there's there's more, like, there's a, there's a greater degree of variation than what I'm saying, but uh, there, there are Steam reviews. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if the Steam reviews right now for Balan Wonderworld are... <laughs> Positive, mixed, or negative? I'm going to say overwhelmingly negative. I'll say mixed. Okay. If neither one of you got it, um, I would take it. But Brandon, you got it. They're mixed right now. Mixed. Nice. Yeah. Let me, let me read a positive review. Great. Okay. TLDR shines in later levels, but still has flaws to be priced at... Uh, what is that? Pounds? 50 pounds? Variety of costumes, secret levels, level themes, music, all positive. Negatives. Models are lackluster. Costume switching. Animations could be better. And Balan Bouts. I don't know what that is, but that's a negative as well. Let's see. Mixed. Uh, the first negative review I see is this game is unfortunately probably like a 5 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That seems right. I like that review. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brandon, mm. why don't you give us today's PSA? Sure. Sure. Uh, this episode of Frame Trap is brought to you by Going Outside. Mm. Uh, we are we are all potentially. You could be vaccinated right now, or you could have that scheduled. You could be in between shots. Um, I, there's a chance that sometime soon in 2021, your life is going to change and it's going to open up and you are going to want to get out and do other things. And, uh, we just recently, I did not go, but my wife brought my, uh, little one, my almost two year old son to the park and he's like been to the beach and he's been out, but like has not socialized probably as much as he would have in this last year, uh, had we not been in a global pandemic. And so just like seeing pictures of him, just like sitting on the grass just Mm -hmm. with nothing behind him but trees and stuff and just looking out at the sun it's like man that feels so good and it's the the sun's a little warmer today than it's been recently and um just just getting out and and spending some time outside whether you actually like you know walk or run or or get a little bit of exercise in there as well um i think that's something that Sadly, we, you know, if you are like me, if you are like us, if you are inter- if you are interested in games and, and entertainment, it's very easy to uh, just order in all the time and not go outside. But uh, I think it's good, you know, good for your skin, but also just kind of good for your mental health just to exert yourself in some way and just get out there and, and breathe as fresh of air as you can possibly find uh, and potentially explore uh, some places around you that you might not know. It's always fun to just like boot up Google Maps and, oh, look at that. There's green spots. You know, there might be some areas around you uh, that are not too far uh, that you can enjoy a little bit of the outdoors. Get a little taste of it. Hear some birds. Feed, feed a squirrel or two. Um, 
it, uh, yeah, I think it has, has benefits uh, that outweigh the energy that it takes to go do it. Yeah, Brandon, that's, that's a very good message because, um, like, understandably so, during the last year, I, I have not really gone outside much at all. And not that I did before the pandemic a ton anyway, but definitely right. even less now. <laughs> and the few times that I have gotten outside and really spent time out there, it's just, it does. It, it does so much for you mentally and emotionally. Like, we... <laughs> We are meant to spend significant time outside, and I don't, uh, I don't do it enough. So yeah, very good message. One I can easily relate to. Um, this part of the show is brought to you by some wonderful. Uh, in addition to being brought to you by nature, it is also brought to you by some wonderful shout out to your patrons. If you would like to find more out about this tier, we have a lot of podcasts. Uh, where we will shout you out. Go to patreon.com slash easy allies, uh, which is kind of the, the bedrock of of easy allies. Like it's it's kind of our, our like big thing that we rely on. And so if you enjoy this program or other things that we do, contribute, consider contributing, you know, even just a little bit, it goes a long way. Um, so for this, after I say the names, I thought, uh, because this is a Monster Hunter themed episode, uh, try to say shout out like you would if you were in the Monster Hunter world. You don't necessarily have to be a hunter, I don't think, uh, but try to put yourself in that world, however you interpret that. So, shout out to El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick, Stephen Thomason, and Edsgar Senpai Black Clover. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! Cool. Why are we not hunting right what, now? It's disrespectful. It's Why, disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, I was. It's funny. Like, I, I, I know I could just bring in my impressions of the game, and there's a lot to do single player. But Ben, I almost messaged you today, and was just like, "Do you want to just do we'll hunt, Brandon?" That is my that is my fetish. Please do I that almost... at any point. I literally almost did the same thing, guys. I swear to God, and, right before we filming this, I was like, should I, should I message for one? <laughs> and shout out, because I've been um, uh, just playing a lot of games on Xbox, and I've just not touched my Switch a lot outside of Animal Crossing. And so, like, Amanda was preparing dinner, and I was just, like, going to have a beer and chill, and we were watching a movie. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I went and, like, got my Switch, and that was the only time I had played it handheld, and it, like, you know, passes the handheld test nice. with flying hmm. colors. I uh, was just sitting, uh, sitting in the kitchen. That's a big test. Yeah, feels good. Feels yeah, good. it, it's good handheld. I think I just get so picky about the controls. Like there's, there's just something about those little switch nubs that doesn't quite do it for me in the same way. But totally yeah. fine way to play the game. It's a, t- it's a tiny R1 button. Yes, there's a lot there's of R1, a lot of R1 for sprinting. In that yeah. Game. <laughs> yeah, especially in the switch light. I feel like those bumpers are not great, mm. but it's fine. Um, Brandon, uh, you're a big mm. Immortals Phoenix Rising fan, and you've been playing the mm. new DLC, Myths of the Eastern Realm. Yes. So I previously talked to, uh, you know, previously on Brandon on Frame Trap, I talked about uh, a new god, which is the first DLC. This is so crazy different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hubert loves his, his Ubisoft DLC. Yeah, this caught my eye, Jones, because I it's finished the base cr- game. It's pretty crazy because I don't 
I don't know if I've experienced DLC like this before. It's such an it's such a fascinating thing that they've done. Mm. So a new god, the first DLC. Um, uh, if you are played Phoenix Rise and you're looking to get back in and you're th- you're weighing these things, that is a continuation of the first game, and it is mostly puzzle. It's mostly trial oriented. You get new abilities, but you can't take them back into the mm. old world. It is funny. It does if you are like really in love with these characters. If you're really focused on your Phoenix, it's it's fun to take you know to continue the story and to see kind of what the next chapter of that is this is a totally new thing totally new map totally new cast uh and it's wild so it's it's ubisoft chengdu which has been around since 2008 right now they're working with ubisoft singapore on the skull and bones they've worked on origins and odyssey and syndicate and black flag uh for honor a bunch of other stuff and from what i can tell basically what happened was uh the team that worked on phoenix rising just kind of handed them like the whole the game. They were just like, "Here's how this. Here's how Immortals is going to work. Take this and make it Chinese mythology." Mm. And so Chengdu was just like, "Okay." And so they, some things are exactly the same. So like your, um, you start out with some abilities that it takes you a little while to get in Immortals. So you have your double jump right away. You have your um, some other specific stuff that's you know you use via puzzle solving, and then there's like this big like hammer slash that you can do that's identical to the abilities that Ku gets, and you have like your blade lift that you like throw all the enemies up in the air. All that's the same. Everything's totally reskinned, so like all of the enemies are different. You can tell what enemy they were based on. It's like, oh, okay, the the you know the Gorgons are now these weird little lion dudes, and then the Cyclopses are these guys. They even have like the same attacks and the same like grunts and stuff. Um, but the story is totally different. Whole new script, um, a much smaller cast, but still kind of has the same trappings. Where like the the protagonist that you and I'm not sure how they work gender wise so like i had a male lead and i don't know if they just take if you had a male phoenix they give you a male lead for this game or if there's a point where you can decide i just kind of rolled into it and they were like here's your guy i'm like okay um but both phoenix and ku have uh, a knowledge of their mythologies mm-hmm. and so whether that's greek mythology or chinese mythology and this they recognize it and so when they see things oh i know what that is and i know who this god is um and so it's nice to get exposition that way um, and it is, it so does not, it, 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 from what I can tell, and, and granted, there might be somebody coming along that knows a lot about Chinese mythology and be like, this is insulting. It's like, I don't know. I don't know that much about, you know, how this, how these worlds work. But, um, uh, there is a, an honesty, there is a, a truthfulness to how it was representing mythology, but it does not take itself seriously at all. Like to the point where, um, just the, their their dialogue, like you you capture these two, you help these two dragon spirits out, like to go back and get reunited with their bodies, and like the way that you're talking to them is not what you would see in like an old classic Jet Li film or something. This is uh, a very modern uh, um, conversations, very modern speaking, but uh, in a fun, playful way. Specifically, Ku is just like so endearing, almost kind of more than Phoenix mm. was. Like Phoenix was kind of like a um, a bit roguish, a bit silly. And the coup is just so earnest and so like I really want to do the right mm. thing and um, and it's uh, as much as I love New Game Plus it is you know I, I there is that part of me that enjoyed Immortals so much that like it's kind of fun just going back to the drawing yeah. board and just like yeah I'm starting out again and the map is much smaller you level up way faster so like they know you know I think the the I wouldn't recommend this for somebody that just finished Immortals because I'd be like, it's kind of the same thing. Like you're kind of just going back in and you have less powers. But 
given how long it's been since Immortals came out, if you skip New God because you heard it was just kind of puzzle focused and you're not really, you're like, I'm done with the story. I'm not interested. But you, it's kind of gnawing at you. That you're like, yeah, that was fun. I did enjoy that. I think it's been enough time. It was for me to go back to this and be like, I'm, I'm good at exploring these worlds. I'm good at recognizing what's important and what skills I need and, um, you know, how enemies react. And it was just, it was really fun going into it. And, um, again, just, I've never seen the systems in place for an open world game. And then just literally a whole nother team coming along and just repainting and rewriting Mm. everything. I've never, I've never seen that done before with an open world or like an action game. So it's, it's really interesting in that regard. I haven't finished it, but, um, I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, it's nice. You were mentioning kind of the uh, lighthearted nature of it. And I remember that that was like something for Brad. That was his big criticism is that the, the humor just didn't work. Like it just fell really flat for him. Do you, is the humor here um, very similar? Is it better? Like where, what's your take on it? I think the, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was when Damiani, when he reviewed it, he compared Prometheus and Zeus to Statler and Walder from the Muppets. Mm. And like, it definitely has that kind of vibe where like they're constantly joking about everything. So it's like, it's, it's kind of, (laughs) it almost kind of like a Don Rickle, like rim shot just every five minutes, just like, eh, what about this joke? But you're like, okay, like, oof, that joke was bad. Whereas this isn't that relentless. Like, this is much more focused on on coup, really. Like, it's like it was actually interesting starting out because when you begin Immortals, you start with Zeus and Prometheus before you even meet Phoenix. And so you, you're introduced to these two characters that are going to be kind of a yin and yang, like, you know, narrating the whole thing. One that knows the story, the other one that's kind of like trying to, like, all right, pick up the pace of this, you know, of the storytelling. And in this, you really just start with your character. And so no one's talking mm. to you. So it was weird first going through the world and, like, just no one's talking. There's just silence. I'm like, oh, this is kind of a different vibe. Um, and so it's just not as narratively heavy gotcha. as Immortals was. I I personally liked that humor because even like it was obvious to me, even some of the bad jokes. I was like, Ooh, I think I think they know that joke was mm. bad and they didn't. Uh, it's one thing if you're watching like a sitcom and there's a laugh track and you're just like, man, this is not as as funny as I think the game thinks it, or TV show or movie thinks it is. Um, but uh so yeah, that that is, um, and even when you do meet those characters that can kind of, in your brain or through magical means, communicate you no matter where you are in the map, um, it's uh, not as, it's just a little more subdued. And that's not, uh, again, I, I think that also has to do with... Um, not like Greek and Chinese culture, but like if you see Chinese cinema, if you see Japanese cinema, there is kind of a reserved like a focus, hmm. you know, I'm trying to think of like the, the right word, like a seriousness, like a discipline you know, that hmm. yes, dis- that's a great example. You know, that is a little more. So even when the characters are being silly or when they're playing off mistakes that they've made. Um, and, th- and, and that's one of the things that I enjoyed about uh, the humor in immortal so much is like, if you, you know, Greek mythology is is nuts. If you actually go into like what these characters do to each other and like the things that parents do to children and lovers do to each other, I mean, it's just like mistake after mistake. These are all parables. Like you're supposed to read about these gods and be like, ah, that's what you don't do. You know, <laughs> like you don't fly too close to the sun. You don't, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, stab your friends in the back. And so it's fun hearing these characters and immortals be like, yeah, you know, Zeus more than anybody. Like, yeah, I did that thing and I screwed that person over. I, I burned that village to the ground. What? 
you know and so like it's a little cheekier and uh, um, or a little more subdued in this when ku will be talking to a god and be like but wait a minute like this statue wh- how did that turtle become frozen and she's like i don't know, <laughs> you know like and if you know chinese mythology you're like wait a minute that's your fault you did that so um it is playful but yeah i i could see um you kind of turning the volume down a little gotcha. bit if you're just like this humor is not is not working for me but i think old you know uh just like everything else in the game it's just everything that i enjoyed about immortals in a very small amount of time mm. so it's just the the leveling and the script and progression and you know uh um if you had played immortals you're familiar with there's like four main quadrants of the map and then a fifth mountain area and in this there's just two so it's just a very quick slice of um of the, the same type of progression system in the first game You've really stuck with Immortals. I mean, playing the main game and then the first DLC and now the second DLC. Do you think this is something that has legs in the future? I mean, if they were, if they tackled just, you know, different mythologies uh, and that was kind of their thing, sort of, sort of like Assassin's Creed, do you think that would, you'd be interested in that? Do you think it would serve the series well? Sure. Phoenix is a character. I don't know how much more they have to go into. It seems like you kind of wrapped up mm. everything that, you know that they could, that just they could do. But um, for all of the gods in the Greek pantheon, they don't like you don't meet a lot of them. Like they they reference a lot of other characters. Specifically, there are a couple quests actually where they try to communicate with some and they're gone. And so um, I could see them even just sticking to Greek mythology and like going to another environment and. Um, uh, yeah, it just, it, especially after finishing Valhalla, it was just like, Valhalla was so heavy and I had just so many like character relationships weighing me down that whole time where I'm just like, God, I really want to, I really want this to go right. There, 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 there's all these prophecies that are just saying that everything is going to go terribly and I really don't want that to happen. Um, whereas it was so refreshing to go into Immortals and just being like, oh, whatever. I'm going to run around and grab sure. a unicorn and, you know, there's like, it's, it's, it's been interesting um, talking about playing with spouses. Amanda's obsessed oh, wow. and, um, and she's, it's been neat um, uh, seeing what is important to her, seeing like what Avenue, what she's doing first and what I did, you know, first and um, you know, what she considers an achievement, you know, like what she, she'll come and rush to me and be like, look what I got. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was in the game. Cool. You know, I just didn't, dig that hard into that one area of the game. I just kind of moved on. Um, and uh, it's just a very quick, accessible, no stress open world game. And um, uh, as somebody who just, you know, rarely gets like stressed as far as like tuning out of an open world game, it can get, you can get, I can get kind of obsessive yeah. and um, it can be kind of daunting to look at something and be like, Oh my God, there's so much going on. Whereas um, it's just a very inviting world to experience and that's cool Huber that you actually you played through the whole thing I didn't know they wrapped it yeah, up yeah some uh, tricky puzzles there's like one or two I looked up Jones there's some la- a lot of lasers and I was like yo YouTube save me yeah. here save me please I ba- I bailed on the vaults <laughs> by the end of it I was like you know yeah. I, it's funny like it, it's always fun to meet like new jones versus old jones with games because like new jones is like I'm doing all of this and then like by the end I get to the end of the game it's like yeah. what a fool I was <laughs> I got it. It's time to move on. Uh, man, it's so funny because uh, my wife and I are playing Rise of the Tomb Raider together. And normally she gets a little bit annoyed when I go full, like, I'm clearing the map mode. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing all the, the side quests and stuff. But she's really, we're doing that in Rise of the Tomb Raider. And there's, there's a lot. Good side stuff. Yeah, it is really good side stuff. And I've been, I've been, we've been really enjoying it. And, but there's a lot of it. And she's so into it. And I just, I'm curious, like, 
why that is, if it's just because of like the variety in the activities or like solving the puzzles or, or I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Tomb Raiders, I feel like Tomb Raider specifically, Ben, the side stuff has such an identity. Like mm. the optional temples are like such a thing. Yeah. Whereas in Immortals, I think a fair criticism would be like a lot of these look identical. Gotcha. Oh like yeah, it all looks the same. Especially the especially the vaults, yeah. like they're all. Yeah. Well, it's all the you same. know. Obviously, you have things like the challenge tombs, but even just getting access to certain things, like there was a strong box, and it's like, oh, how do we get there? And you're like, yeah. you have to kind of scan around the environment to figure out where uh, you're going to get through. So that's that stuff is definitely fun. That is fun. One one line, Ben, that just sums up like Ku's attitude that I really enjoyed is he is first scanning the environment, like the first chance you get to do that, to look around. And it's just like Breath of the Wild, where you can mark stuff that you're like, oh, that in the horizon, I got to do that thing. And he sees the, the skeleton of a dragon, and he's like, oh, he's like, what? He's like, that's a huge dragon. And he's like, who would kill a dragon? Dragons are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that kind of, just that earnestness yeah. that like, you know, is really carrying me through. I love, really I love his characterization. But uh, not sh- I'm very curious to talk to someone of Chinese descent and be like, how is sure. this? <laughs> you know, like, I'm loving it. I'm loving just kind of diving into it. And um, I I had one, one really interesting thing compared to Phoenix Rising was I was very particular about my armor. So, like, I found a couple things I liked really early on. And then when I would unlock cool other designs later on, I'm like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that armor's cool, but I'm, I'm kind of content with this. Whereas, like, I don't really have a... There's something about Chinese mythology that I'm like, I don't, there isn't a Chinese warrior I want to look like. And so, like, every time I get a new hat, I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know, just like, whoa, like, I look crazy now. Like, and so it's neat to, um, to really just kind of, yes, there is a copy paste vibe to it when you get in, especially if you finish all of Immortals that you're like, oh, they clearly just removed all of these assets and put all of these in. Um, but it being a whole different team, uh, is, I don't know, it's just, is fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And it's just nice to, um, um, you know, like, yes, you're like, oh, they're not blueberries. They're whatever, lychee. Or you know, it's like, okay, I see what you did there. But um, uh, I, it's it's always fun to, um, I think, and, and games really let us do that, whether it's like an RTS or something, you know, with like the Total War series, where you're like, oh, cool. Here's like a culture that I don't know a lot about that I can, I know these systems already. So I can just kind of jump in and, and learn, you know, more about uh, uh, this time period and this mythology as I go through it. And jump and slash. <laughs> Very important. Uh, I have also been uh, playing some some DLC. I, I finished uh, Doom Eternal's Ancient Gods Parts 1 and 2. And boy, after finish, like taking taking Doom Eternal, like the base and then the two DLCs, I think taking all of that together, I, I mean it. This is one of my favorite shooters of all time. Like it's just, like I just want to, I, I right now want to replay it uh, because... Mm. Of, of how good it feels. Um, it's just incredible. And the DLC is interesting because it, it's it's so narratively consequential. I mean, it, it is an essential part of this story. Oh. And so if you're if you're invested in the story at all, you care at all, which may not be that many people when it comes to Doom, admittedly. Love the story. But uh, it, it... Love it. It has some... <laughs> it ties everything together and has some pretty gigantic revelations wow. um going on and so yeah it's it's worth it kind of like from that aspect alone um and when i first talked about the ancient gods part one on frame trap i'd only played through the first level and the thing that i would said was like oh yeah it's kind of more of the same and that's true i think in a broad sense but 
now having gone through both DLCs, I think what I really admire is their willingness to mechanically mix things up. And I've seen people annoyed by some of these mechanics, but I think it it's actually kind of like a cool, natural extension of things that you were already doing um, in Doom Eternal. And so, like, there are shielded guys where, like, normally in Doom Eternal, the shields you can just destroy uh, with your plasma, your plasma gun. And these guys, their shields are completely invulnerable. And so you have to find a way to get behind them. Or what you can do is you can use your rocket launcher and then use the attachment that allows you to manually detonate a rocket. So you shoot it past them and then blow it up. Mm -hmm. And that's just really Mm -hmm. satisfying to do. Um, Or there are these- uh, Or death from above. Can you just stomp them and uh, like super shotgun to their head? As long as you're not hitting their shield, you're you're hitting them. You can, you can kill them. Like your nades are really good at it too. Um, and there are these uh, like stone imps where they'll they're, they're pretty much invulnerable to everything but your full auto attachment to the shotgun. And so like these enemies are very heavily restricted. But I think what makes Doom Eternal the DLC work is. It's not like every single fight you're like dealing with a ton of these guys. Like they, I, I think for the most part they generally use them uh, pretty intelligently, and they they just kind of spice things up. I think without going too far over the edge. Like there's goddamn, there's one really annoying imp. It's a cursed imp, and if it damages you, you just cannot dash at all and that's like that's a death sentence that's a death sentence like you just yeah that's you need that dash so much um and so you have to like kill him with a blood punch once you get cursed and it's it's a lot uh to deal with but i think it it already it adds to kind of the the puzzle piece nature of uh the ancient gods or not the ancient gods they do maternal where it's it's about getting into a battle and recognizing threats right and then coming up with strategies on the fly to kind of dismantle things and remove the highest threats first and kind of go from there and and using your enemies to get resources uh and that sort of thing so all that stuff is is really really satisfying something that like doesn't change traversal really all that much, or at least it didn't for me, but is just super fun is now there are these like points that are in the air that you use for platforming Huber and you use the uh, hook of the super shotgun, like, like a, like a, like a grappling hook, like you're swinging. And so you go and you, you latch onto it and you like whip yourself around them. Uh, and that is super, super fun. Just so fun to move in that game. Yeah, it is. It's it's <laughs> it's a blast to move around. Um, I will say, Ancient Gods Part Two like kind of felt short. Like you did, I, I, it was just kind of like over more quickly than I was expecting, and it feels easier than Part One. Part One had some gnarly moments. Like it was. It was rough, uh, but part two didn't have that quite as much. And I wonder if part of the reason for that is uh, you get a new weapon in part two, uh, the Sentinel Hammer. Awesome. And um, what it is, is when you use it, you'll kind of stun everything in an AOE. And uh, it also kind of 
fits back into the Doom Eternal puzzle where if you flame belch them before using the hammer, you'll get a bunch of armor. Or if you freeze grenade them before using the hammer, you'll get a bunch of health. Um, but it's really easy to get back because uh, all you have to do is glory kill two enemies, which you're glory killing stuff all the time in that game. Uh, and so like you you constantly have hammer charges and there's also hammer pickups um, that you have throughout the arenas. And so like you have you have the hammer all the time. Uh, and you know, like the BFG, when you use it, like it can clear an entire room, but it's hard finding ammo for it. It's hard to come by. And so the hammer is pretty powerful in a way that I think it, it kind of, maybe doesn't, doesn't break the puzzle of, of Doom Eternal that is so satisfying, but I think it, I think it simplifies it uh, a little. Did you feel, though, that you were ready for the combat to be simplified? You're at the end of the road of Doom Eternal. You've come so far. You're at part two of the DLC. Did it give you the feeling of like, yo, you've earned this. Here is this weapon that is so powerful. Go rip and tear like you're you're a new level of, of strength. The way you get it is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I... Yes and no, because I think why Doom Eternal is one of my favorite shooters is like you you have to get good. Like playing on ultra violence. Yeah. Uh which which I did for You can't fake it. You can't. You you cannot fake it. You can't. And like (laughs) in certain situations you can do things that are really powerful, but like you have to get good at the game. Like and you you feel it, right? Like it's such a fast paced game that when you start playing, like when I started playing Ancient Gods a long time ago versus where I'm at now, like I'm 10 times as good now than I was when I started. And I I love that feeling of progression. And I think what makes you feel so badass is that moment when you get through a fight and you're like, yeah, like I, I earned that. You know what I mean? Like I, the game, the game didn't give me it. Like I, I really had to be quick on my feet. I really had to be, you know, just all of that stuff. Um, and I think with the hammer, it, it does again, it doesn't break it. It's not like the hammer and suddenly it's like a cakewalk. I didn't, I, I definitely didn't feel like it was a cakewalk, but it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, like you could have gotten through that fight without the hammer. And I bet it would have been like, maybe just a little bit more satisfying. I don't know. But at the same time, like you're kind of right. It is the end. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is like, character wise you're this doomslayer right who's already done so much in the world and like you're going after the ultimate evil and so it makes sense to to kind of have a you know a new a powerful weapon to take that thing down uh ben the expectations are high for me in only one area because i felt like it was lacking in the original doom eternal mm. and just because of the title of this dlc how are the bosses forgettable bosses in the original main game for me they were fine they were good but uh nothing Mm. where i just nothing unforgettable where i'm just like oh my god i always think about that boss Mm. it was just business as usual for me um are the ancient gods bosses cool i wonder if that's because like slayer gates felt more like bosses than the actual bosses you know honestly honestly, Um, yeah i do really like the icon of sin and doom eternal but i think it's just kind of the spectacle of it more than Mm -hmm. anything else yeah um I like, there's a final boss in both uh, part one and part two, and I won't 
spoil who they are, but um, the the boss in the Ancient Gods Part One was extremely satisfying to me because uh, it felt like truly the ultimate challenge. Um, mm-hmm. So in Part One, they introduce uh, possessed enemies. And possessed enemies are a nightmare. So possessed enemies, they have like this this ghost inside of them. And like your tricks that you rely on, like they they, they just don't work. And they're they're way, way, way faster. And they will fuck you up immediately. Like they are just monstrous threats. So like you just can't freeze grenades them. They, they just make it so this essential tool that you have that, that could really like ease a lot of headaches in your life, it just doesn't work. But not only that, when you kill a possessed enemy, the ghost pops out. And there's you the only way you can kill the ghost is you have to use the microwave beam on them. It's it's actually it just feels like they're doing a Ghostbusters reference. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but you have to it takes a while, so you have to wait for the bar to fill up. Uh, to kill the ghost. And so, like, you're trying to desperately kill this ghost. Oh, well, other enemies are still around you, right? And if you don't kill the the ghost, it will just possess another enemy and you have to do the whole thing over again. And so in the final boss fight, the boss that you need to kill is invulnerable and two possessed enemies uh, are running around with... And there will be other uh, enemies that are respawning, okay? And so you have to kill both of the possessed enemies and their ghost to make the boss vulnerable, all while being in this arena where there's, like, uh, portals and there's, like, laser beams going by that you have to dodge, otherwise you take damage. And it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Um, But it really, like, getting through it. (laughs) It's funny because, like, I was I was playing this boss fight late at night and uh, my wife was asleep and I, I was dying at the very final phase quite a bit. And I was like, you know, I was getting a little salty and I was like, ah, oh, damn it. And I like pounded the table and my wife came out and she's like, is everything okay? And it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. a Zoom boss. It's just, just a, a Zoom boss. Is everything okay? It's one of those yeah. things. Um, and so oh, that's that funny. ultimate challenge... Yeah. Um, I think was was really really good. I like the idea of the final boss in part two. Uh, it's kind of meant to be this like mono mono duel where you're cool. you're not dealing with like some beast or creature, right? You're dealing with somebody that's like a warrior like you are, and if they hit you, they can heal themselves. Um, they can summon other things, uh, and there's there's only like one attack that you can counter him and, and do damage, and it's fine. It just felt pretty solvable. It's like, oh, I just hit him when he glowed. Like, I think the problem with it, it kind of just felt like a big marauder. Like, hmm. marauder or marauders already kind of give you that dual feeling. Um, and this just felt like a more complex version of that. But it didn't feel quite as um, grand, I guess, or unique as, as the boss to part one did for me. Got it. Um but I'm curious uh, to see what you think if you get a chance to, to go through it. But yeah, I, I bought the season pass when it came out uh, for PS4. That's how that's you know my knew my PC wouldn't be able to handle this, so mm-hmm. I'm just waiting on that uh, that upgrade. Which a week ago they did say that now that Ancient Gods is out, that's their next that's their focus. Yeah, uh, is just getting those next gen patches out. So it's pretty much just waiting for nice. that, and then I was gonna burn through both. 
Yeah, man. Like, I, I feel like I could play this game forever. It's it's so much fun. It's so satisfying. Like, the look of it is is just awesome. It, it like, I don't know. I think it it it's going to make me hold shooters in a in a different standard i think like i just i just want more of this and like between that and wolfenstein ben i mean it's just the best of of it all just like the the pacing of each is is different enough yeah so where to me those are both just the gold standard yeah and i think i think machine games has done a great job with wolfenstein and and i really like um new order and new colossus but What's interesting about Wolfenstein is I feel like they kind of take this this old school mentality and, and modernize it and they make it feel mm-hmm. really good. But I think what's so impressive about Doom Eternal to me is there's truly nothing else that feels like it. Uh, and and mm. and what I mean by that is just like the this sort of like puzzle system that it has, where like you have to kind of learn the value of all of your weapons, all of your tools, all of your attachments, you know, and the way you have to uh, dismantle enemies and how different enemy compositions can change the rhythm of the fight. Like, it's so much more than just, you know, aiming Shit. and shooting. It's, <laughs> you know, like I said, uh, uh, threat priority and and movement and understanding the arena that you're in. Like, th- that final boss fight that I was talking about in Ancient Gods Part 1 things started to go better once I'm like, okay, this is the safe way to get through this arena. Like, this is the good loop that I can do mm-hmm. that will give me the most advantage. Um, and I think that tactical side of it uh, is so, so, so strong. And so I just, I want more of that. Like, I really think it is doing tremendous justice to, you know, one of the most beloved and important video game franchises that are out there and i i cannot wait to see what they do next like this Doom trinity <laughs> i don't know i don't know but um at the same time it's it's hard because i think like doom eternal just, can be can feel like so hardcore that it like how, how broad the, of the how broad is the appeal? I guess I don't the know. levels are so yeah. damn long that even for me, sometimes in mm. the darkest moments, it can feel like work. Mm. It really can because the levels go on so damn long. So, like, do you just do that again, Ben? Like, when you make another Doom, do you make even make it even more puzzly, or do you go Doom Three style and kind of reinvent? Maybe invest in a little more horror slow the pace down but then you're stripping away the identity of what makes doom 2016 doom eternal so great so if you're the creative director where do you take this franchise because like i feel like the puzzle element has been cranked to the max right yeah i like especially thinking about all the additional mechanics that Mm -hmm. the dlc added it's like i don't i don't know how much farther you could take this i think we're kind of at the limit for like mechanics and things to pay attention to like now you see it in the crosshair like what you have off the cooldown it's like there's a there's a lot and so yeah i agree i don't i don't think you can necessarily go um more in that direction but i do think maybe you could take kind of the seed of what is present in eternal and you know i'm just throwing ideas out here i'm not saying they're necessarily good ideas but uh like it'd be interesting to see this style like maybe as a roguelike and so yeah. kind of what you're Dude. talking about, uh, you know, with the, the levels feeling long, it's like, what if it was just a quick run or, you know, what if you could add modifiers and, and get different things out of that? So maybe, maybe, That'd be a fun mode. 
Yeah, yeah, just just something like that, right? Or uh, I I don't know, maybe um, I don't know where it goes from here, but the future is bright. The future is bright, and I know not. <laughs> Eternal is actually very divisive, and a lot of people think twenty sixteen uh, is better. I really like Eternal. I I very much enjoy the DLC, and so like for me, they're just knocking it out of the park. Like I I've had a total blast. Um, it's hard to separate them in my mind for some reason. You know, mm. two games I've finished and uh, it, it's, you know, I always say like, oh, the MCU is one big movie. Yeah. But like weird, weirdly, like Doom and Doom Eternal for me just blend like it Interesting. is. This they feel one... very different. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I just need to go. Maybe I just haven't played 2016 in so long. Sure. Then, yeah. Yeah. yeah if yeah. I went back, it would feel feel different. Yeah, definitely. Um, But talking about Doom near and dear to my heart. Love me some Doom. Uh, for this hotake, uh, we're also going to talk about something kind of near and dear to my heart. I thought to kind of celebrate the release of Monster Hunter World, uh, we're going back to Monster Hunter, and I was like, let's just do, let's just do a lighthearted hotake. Let's just have fun with it. Um, mm, and like Monster Hunter World was such an incredible success, and I feel like Rise is being received really well. Um, you guys seem to be enjoying it. I am enjoying it, uh, but what what's next? You know, like what to you personally? Where would you like to see this series go? You know, it's 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 done so much already. It has such a long history, but it also has a bright uh, future ahead of it. So, what what do you think that would and should look like? Mm. It's a tough question. Yeah, yeah. From my perspective, if it ain't broke, yeah. right? <laughs> you know. The, um, I, I just one thing I, I, I what made me happy when I read your review, Ben, is that it seemed like because we were just like talking about the story and it seemed like what, you know, some of the biggest improvements that they made were like all gameplay focused. Right. It was like all giving you new tools that is not taking away from stuff or not making anything necessarily easier than it was before. It's just making it more fun, more engaging, getting you more attached to the environment, giving you more op- options in combat. Um, and so um, that seems like, you know, such a success in this. And I was worried because I will, I, if, I will say one negative that after reading your review, when I got in the game, I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but like this game looks a little Ooh. rough, you know, just for me looking at world from afar going into this is like, uh, you know, and, and it's not like taking away. It's just like, this does this, you know, does not look at world. is just such a crazy gorgeous yeah, game. So, um, and this definitely reminds me of some old monster hunter worlds, you know, that I had or monster hunter environments that I had checked out before. Um, so it's long story short. It's great that these, the gameplay improvements that they've made, you know, um, overshadow, not overshadow, but like, you know, are, are the important thing and they will take you through regardless of this, you know, if you're not a fan of the style or if you wanted to, the, the the resolution to be a little sharper if compared to what you mm-hmm. used to. Um, I, I feel like I didn't communicate that part of the review as well as I could have because it's like I think it looks and runs great for what it's doing on the Switch for, for a Switch for game. a Switch game. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. runs. I think the runs part of that yeah. is key. Yeah. You know, it's like if this game didn't look that hot and you were having frame rate issues or even connection right. issues or anything, but having all of that not be there. And actually, that I saw that a lot in chat when we were streaming it. A lot of people were like, "I can't believe this is yeah. running this well," you know, on Switch. So yeah, they clearly 
set the bar right where they yeah, needed to in terms of it, performance. It's really not. I just haven't played enough. Like world, go ahead of the franchise to know what what improvements they could make. Riding on dogs is pretty fun. Yeah, Ben, the wire bug and and like riding on doggo. You know, I know you could ride on things in world, but like I never fully knew how to do it. So like people would ride away and now it's just like, yo, whole day, you're on your thing, mm-hmm. you're riding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and just like quality of life, multiplayer stuff, you know, which isn't really something you add. It's just something you iterate on. But I'm actually really impressed with the Switch performance. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. about loading and everything, but just the ease at which we connected yeah. Uh, not fully used to that with Switch. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like rolling the dice every time. Mm-hmm. But it worked on launch day of all days, too. It worked without a without a hiccup, really. Yeah, I'm not going to say I, I haven't had any problems. I've, I've had uh, a couple of hiccups. But for the most part, it has been super smooth and, and mm-hmm. easy, you know. And yeah. just getting together with people has been great. Uh, there, there is one thing that I've been thinking of a lot. Because uh, playing lots of Avengers, uh, which is a flawed game in many ways. And uh, this is something that really uh, started to um, uh, come up in my brain when I played Anthem for review. And I played that at launch. And uh, something I thought about in Destiny as well. As I remember like first playing Destiny 1 and jumping in and being like, oh, like patrols. What are these? And it's like, oh, I'm just kind of in the environment. Like I'm just kind of roaming around. Like there's not a thing I need to do to get me out of here. I'm just kind of in the environment. This is fun. And Anthem like tried that and it uh, it's never really worked whenever I've seen people attempt it or it's not as special or, or interesting really like uh, as as much as it should be or as much as going into a specific group or a specific battle with friends or doing a raid or something like that. But like I've always been intrigued and I think Monster Hunter is a franchise that could uh, attempt this is if I'm jumping in and it's just like, you know what? I'm playing a couple hours of this game. I don't really care what I do. I really don't, you know, I, if I could go fight a big monster, small monster. I could harvest, I could just whatever. I just want to get in this game and it'd be interesting to have something like Monster Hunter where like, that's what you, you just go into the world. And, like, if you meet up with people, cool, you can go do what they're doing. Kind of like Destiny when you have these random events that pop up. It's just there is kind of this – you start to see the seams of those systems of, of, of stuff that people have built. Like, you know, as much – as fun as it is to randomly encounter stuff in Destiny, there are also times where just mm. nothing's happening and you're, like, riding around your bike like, okay, this sucks. And so, like, it, it's a, it seems like a very difficult thing to try to pull off to make everyone happy at all times. But that's always fascinated me of like, you know, t- taking like an MMO structure and taking kind of like the the the, the quests or the, the really kind of rigid nature of it and just having like a One world that you can just the, go explore and, and all the cool stuff will find you. you know? uh, I wonder if a a mind boggling omission for Avengers Jones is not having public patrols like Destiny did 10 just years run. ago. It's yeah, just like, run what? Yeah. Uh, for Monster Hunter, that, that could be kind of cool. Just like, hey, queue up to this zone, you know, maybe... It, uh, because, like, you can't ever have really more than four people, right, Ben? So uh, I'm wondering you, if you yeah, would just queue yeah. up into a zone and there would be three other people, or if it would be, like, a special patrol zone where only this zone you can patrol in and there's maybe eight people or something. Or I, 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 I see where you're like, going there, Jones. I, I like it. I feel like what you're talking about is, is kind of like uh, Iceborne's Guiding Lands, where... Yeah. Like different people, depending on what you had leveled up, like different monsters would be in different areas. And kind of the way that it would work is you just kind of go in with your friends and 
you would just continually hunt monsters and new ones mm-hmm. would appear or you would lure other ones out. And so it was kind of like, kind of like an endless hunt yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. But uh, with Rise specifically, I think I've just enjoyed the exploration so much and it's been fun. Like, being like, oh, I wonder what's up there and then figuring it out. But once you yeah. know what's there, like you've, you've kind of got it. And for most of the quests, right, you have a 50 minute time limit. And and a lot of times you just you just don't need that much time. You just don't. Uh, you're done mm-hmm. in like 10 or 15 minutes. And I was thinking like exploring is so much fun. What if there was like some sort of like activity platforming i don't know just like something where it's like if i do this in the hunt it's going to take time and it's going to take away from you know me completing the quest and it'll be like some sort of challenge something that isn't maybe hunting but i'll get extra rewards or something and and i think that sort of sense like while you're hunting like having things that that maybe you can do if you want but like put you at risk somehow uh, could be kind mm-hmm. of cool. Mm. I like that. Like skulls in Halo, just some some way you can make things tougher. You know, if you like blow a cave open and all these bats come flying out, it's like now we got to deal with those. But we'll some get loot in you know, more cave. XP for finishing it or some cool achievement or because I, I like I, I like that dangerous element where um, some other monster will come right. charging in and then it's like okay, do I want to mount this thing? Do I want to kill it too? Do I want to? You know, like, yeah, it'd be neat to, 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 like, play all of those against each other. I think it's just the continuous nature of it. It's like, you know, you brought up, a, you know, uh, um, what you said about Avengers, Huber, where it's just like, when I finish a mission in Avengers and then have to queue up another mm-hmm. one, it's like, this felt like five minutes that I didn't yeah. need to waste. Like, it felt like, like I don't, time. I don't need that. I don't need that triumphant. You did it. It's like, I keep, I want, I don't want to leave this yeah. world. You know, I want to stay in here the whole time mm-hmm. I'm playing. You know, it's like, yeah, it's quaint to go back to the town, but it'd be fun to have the option, yeah. you know, to like, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here and um, possibly invite other people to come and go or jump into their worlds or I don't know. I, saying that, having no idea about how to really iron that out. So, again, everybody's happy, but um, it would be fun to be it'd be it'd be dangerously addictive for me to play a game like this where when I boot it up there's no question what I'm going to do just like all right boot it up and then boop, do the thing and then I just I'm, I'm instantly in the game and running around and you know collecting loot I'm not even paying attention to what I'm getting and then you know like I do that for two and a half hours straight and then when I'm done at the end of the night it's like all right what did I get yeah, you know, and then you parse that. through all your stuff and I'm like oh okay oh, oh I make some armor and then I got my gains all right I'm out as opposed to like I spent that two and a half hours doing like four things and got maybe one item from one thing. I don't know. I also don't play a lot of Monster Hunter, so not this yet. Kind of, this is the done, they might have the done eve right. of, of Brandon right. Jones mm-hmm. obsession. But there's a little horde mode in there too. You know, th- these are disciplines that have been experimented with before. It'd just be interesting to um, to have. Uh, and shout out again to Destiny, who's kind of broke open that mold of. There were modes I remember jumping in in Destiny One, and I'm like, "What is this?" You know, and it's it's neat to do that in a multiplayer game to like. Now you're like, I'm not really sure how this works. This is new. And Anthem, like, almost there. They, <laughs> you almost had it. Um, in Monster Hunter stories, you're you're a monster rider. Like, you, you battle with, you know, a large monster. And I wonder if, like, somehow you could implement that mechanic in 
regular monster hunter where it's like okay maybe like if you don't hunt say a barioth right um so you won't get any of the barioth gear you kind of lock yourself out of that but you go out of your way to like kind of build up its trust and befriend it the reward that you get is now you can take barioth out in hunts with you and oh my god and it can it can assist you that would be cool. Please I, let I, me take a berry off out. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of yeah. spitballing here. Yeah, um, events like ever since Fortnite made me obsessed with like events. That's just something I pay more attention to. Earlier when we were talking about Curse of the Dead Gods, like randomly this game that shouldn't even have events has really cool events. Monster Hunter World had some awesome awesome support. Yeah. So so like I I just struggle to even ask for or like i struggle i struggle to like think of what i would want because it's just like well just keep just keep adding just keep adding the more monsters like it's so obvious but it's like really that's all look that's all i need let me throw this at you like Mm -hmm. because i think this also applies to guest characters and fighting games as well but for Fortnite, you know i feel like for as broad as they're getting with these inclusions i mean it feels like everyone is in Fortnite now right like i think you said it was the smash ultimate yeah of of BRs or something like that, but of um, real life. <laughs> do, do you think that these crossovers really help get people who maybe wouldn't otherwise be interested or don't play Fortnite into totally. the game? Like, have you seen that in your own yeah. experience? Oh yeah. And I oh, think yeah. I think mm. that would be cool in Monster Hunter to have those events that you know maybe have nothing to do with Capcom, maybe nothing mm. to do with Monster Hunter, and you know I don't want them to like completely overtake the game, but every once in a while just drawing new people in and 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 getting them excited for something that they may not otherwise be familiar with would be like animal crossing is one of the biggest games on the planet there's got to be some kind of handshake deal here some kind of collaboration one way or the other Mm. you know stuff like that it's funny the thing is funny about uh, Fortnite huber is like uh, how long has Fortnite been around like six five six years like people have said it's dead the yeah, whole time yeah, it's yeah. been alive dead game, like, dead but, game. like literally it's like I've dead literally game. heard that consistently yeah. at the same tone yeah. the whole time <laughs> and it just it's not going anywhere but like it's fan based like rip Fortnite was trending the other day it's like good one <laughs> like you know, like yeah, it might not be as popular someday as it is now, but it's still they're still good. It's funny because I just got a new phone and I haven't been keeping up with Fortnite news. And I was like, I wonder if Fortnite is back on the App Store yet? Nope, no, <laughs> it's not. That's no. crazy. Yeah, yeah, they burnt that bridge. Yeah, big time. Yeah, more more events for Monster Hunter. That's but like there's a fine also, line between uh, like DLC and events. Like uh, like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you can add more monsters and stuff, but maybe in between all the big content drops of monsters and stuff, just weird remixed modified hunts, I think would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they- Cause like the, the arena is cool, Ben. Cause it's like, you'll use this build to take out this monster. Yeah. Which is cool. It it's making me play. Pushes out of your way. comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like some kind of middle ground as to where it's giving me that out of my comfort zone, making me play a different way, but like also more in line with just the traditional, hunting not like a specific arena i wonder if it could be um sort of like what brandon was saying where like maybe they'll they'll take away like one of your moves or something or like some restrictions or like you know you can't use mega potions or something or you you can't use null berries or or just like yeah some sort of um modifiers Mm -hmm. um that you could do for for different things um 
Or it just gets crazy difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're talking about that 50 minute clock where it's just like by the time you hit 45 minutes, like yeah. you're dead. Yeah. It's not like there's so many things that come out or just like or like lava pours out or something. You know, it's like revolution. Like it just gets it just gets a lot more hazardous to be around. And like if you stick around and you can survive through that, then, you know, there you get more gains. I oh, go. Uh, also PVP. Yeah, I was thinking PvP about PVP. Wizard? And then I, mean, I, I love PVP. I don't know how it I don't. This game. I don't know how it would work. Well, if you can ride things now, you know, if there's so much manipulation of monsters, like some person, like, so like, like a, if there's like a yeah. rival clan and some, there was like two camps against each I other. I think in one you game, could do. It's like a thing where like, like you were with the, the tower defense. If there was someone with this kind of like in a, a Tetris, you know, sure. nine kind of way where like there was another team that was like, fl- you know, flooding. Things yeah, you could you. do that. That that might be interesting. Or, or mm-hmm. like, uh, like Wyvern riding battles. Maybe you could do something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I think they've done such a great job adding new mechanics that make the weapons that they already have feel different. But at the same time, like at this point, I would just be really excited if they added a new weapon as well. You know, it just, it just, mm. it's time. It feels like it's time for me. It's yeah. Time. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know what it would be, I guess. Do they have shurikens? The, uh, your buddies can use shurikens, but you, I think you can throw kunai and rise, mm-hmm. which I'm not done, but it's not like a main, you know, it's not like a, Do they like have a claws. They don't know. You could like climb with the claws too or something. I think some monster hunter that we didn't get had weapons that we never got. Maybe mm-hmm. Tanfa or something. But anyway, like. No, we don't. We don't have claws no. in Monster Hunters that we have like easy access to. We Yakuza don't have claws. crossover. Give me a baseball bat. Let's go. Sure. Oh, Yakuza crossover would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Be fun if they're like boomerangs, maybe something that was like a projectile and yeah. a melee. You know, so they're like mm. knives, kind of. But then if you're farther away, you can throw them, and it's kind of like Leviathan Axe, where like once you throw them, they inhabit the world, so they can maybe like stick into the monster and do and do a damage over time and then like you have to manually like recall them back or maybe if there's like a string attached to them they help you kind of grapple on or... I, I just feel like uh the team at capcom is is so incredibly creative because like insect glaive mm-hmm. and like charge blade are just really cool out of the box weapons so i would kind of want them to do something that it's like i never could have thought of that mm. um but i don't know exactly what that would be we the said wire it on, bug is a 10 out of 10. The wire bug is a 10 out of 10. God, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's... I feel like I it's almost the, something that they can't take away now. The, the I love the mechanic of the dash, too. Having to get hit to do it, so it's like, okay, there's, now's my window, now's my chance. The wirefall, you mean the escape? The wi- yeah, the escape one? Yeah. I love that move. I love it, too. I just think it's a little too generous. I, I think it should cost two uh, uh, things instead like of that. one. I um, like that. I think that would like totally fix the problem, but yeah, uh, good call, good call. Because I, I like that some of your silk bind moves cost two, and so you yeah. you, you have to kind of use them mm-hmm. pretty effectively. Um, but yeah, the wirefall very powerful. Cool. I feel like we didn't get a clear answer for what we want the future of Monster Hunter to be, but at Just the same Bowser. time, please Bowser. That's I, really all I want. I, it makes perfect sense, Ben. It does. Controls. It's on Nintendo. We just had Bowser's Fury. Put that version in. Like, let's go. 
If there was ever a time for Bowser. Not themed at all to the world, literally just as cartoon. The thing is, Hubert, I think think Capcom would be all for it. But what you would need to do to make that work, I don't think Nintendo would let you do. Like, is Nintendo really going to let us cut off Bowser's tail? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Just... Yeah, yeah. Like that would be awesome. I just don't yep. think they would let yep. us do it. <laughs> I wish they would, though. All right, uh, are we ready for some emails? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I miss ammo. I've been playing a lot of ranged games where they're just like, "Oh, you have infinite ammo. It doesn't matter." It's like kind of nice to be like, "All right, mm-hmm. load up a specific Dude. ammo type. Here we go. Oh, it's it's gone, but it was worth it." What you know, I I feel nice. a great shame. In Doom Eternal, when like I step away and I come back to Doom Eternal and I try to reload and I'm like, nope, that's not what you do. This is not that kind of game. You don't reload. Uh, can I quickly research? Yeah. Do you mind if I... Uh, really quick. Really quick. Get the... I'll read the email and then I'll cool. catch up when you get back. But we, okay. Yeah, Brandon and I yeah. can... Great. I'll cover for you. Our first email comes in from Brandon who says... Uh, Brandon, Brandon. Hello, everyone. With recent reports, Sony is shutting down the digital stores for the PS3, PSP, and Vita. I'm left dismayed at how something I care a great deal for has become all the harder. Game preservation. With no way to download older games to the first three home PlayStations and their two handhelds, it's going to be more difficult to try, replay, and discover many old classics and hidden gems without going online to eBay or Amazon to find a ridiculously expensive physical version. While Xbox has been great at establishing one unifying ecosystem across all three generations and having the ability to play older games, Sony seems to not care about their catalog if it's at least two generations old. Nintendo is also guilty of this right now, with 3D All-Stars no longer available now. Uh, So panel, do you think it would benefit Sony and Nintendo if they moved the games on these stories to their own all-in-one one-stop digital shop allowing people to purchase, download, and play games from the late 2000s and earlier. While understanding it takes money and server upkeep to maintain such stores for perhaps marginal returns, do you think Sony or Nintendo will ever care about preserving their ever-aging roster of games? Thank you for taking my email if you do, and stay easy, fellow allies. Uh, Do you want the happy answer? Yeah, my, I feel like my answer is pretty sad too. No. So maybe the happy answer would be good. Yeah. Sorry, um, uh, this is just a, a pure nostalgia play. This is literally just like I, not to glass half empty it, but I I do wonder if this is something Microsoft is doing because they really truly hundred percent believe in it, or if they're like, hey, Sony's right. not. You know, what if it was like if it's kind of like an obvious one of those things? They're like, we can't sell as many consoles as they do, so how can we? What games can we beat them at? You know, like what can we be known for that will come up in a conversation that they're like, "Hey, why isn't their competitor doing that?" Um, but I don't, I don't see. I if I was in an elevator, I don't know how the hell I would sell to somebody at Sony or Nintendo. They're like, "You need to do this." Like they right. don't. <laughs> like it's you are um, you would be satisfying literally fans of like EA does not need to make another SSX. I yeah. wish they would. But they don't, or or they don't need to remaster Tricky. But like, I, uh, I think they'd make a lot. And they'd make me uh, Huber, we're but, talking uh, about uh, the sadness of the PS3, PSP, and Vita stores shutting down, and like if Sony and Nintendo should, you know, have a way for you to easily access, you know, their back catalog. Uh, yeah. That's the general gist of of the email. Um, my answer 
is very, very sad in the sense that not a lot of people care about old games, unfortunately. Like, if you're listening to this show, if you're watching Frame Trap, you probably do. I certainly do. Right. I'm playing old games all right. the time. But I think on, on like, a, a massive level, um, outside of maybe rare exceptions, people want new games. People yeah. buy these systems uh, for the big triple a heavily marketed amazing graphics sort of thing and and that, that's oversimplifying it a little bit but people tend to play in, in large numbers what their friends are playing what their friends are into that is what they they focus on um and from a business standpoint i don't think the incentive is there and it's a huge bummer i i love the virtual console, I love that I can download so many PS2 and PS1 classics on my PS3. I have done so. I've spent large sums of money. But the business incentive just isn't there. Plus, with how popular remasters and remakes have been, I think that is a preferred method of going forward because the benefit you have with remasters and remakes versus something like a virtual console is... A virtual console things tend to get lost because ideally you know you have a lot of options when you're doing a specific remaster or remake you can focus it on that one product you can get everybody excited like hey we're remaking this one thing it's not like we're putting it on this service that has a bunch of other similar games it is you know it kind of is separating it from the pack and i think um maybe it makes a little bit more business sense as a result yeah, it's funny you were talking about people want newer games. I was watching the Future Game Showcase on uh, Twitch, and you know, Axiom Verge Two shows up, and just because of the visuals, everyone is like, "Boomer game, dad game, garbage." Like nineteen nineteen nineties called. They want your game back. That hurts uh, my fucking soul. Yeah, it was insane. And then the next <laughs> game they showed just visually looked newer. It was like this game where you're like flying around on zip wires, like fighting. Didn't look at special, but everyone was like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, oh, in, in. Everyone was just, like, in, because it's, like, realistic-looking, higher-budget visuals versus old-looking, pixelated visuals. It's just crazy. Dude, it it hurts me so much, but I, I play a lot of old games, and sometimes when I play, like, something like an NES game or, like, a PS1 game or something... My wife would be like, this just looks so old. And I'll be sitting yeah. there going like, no, it's, it's yeah. still gorgeous. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, I imagine probably a lot more people are share her opinion than they do mine. Because, um, sure. yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, I'm, I lost sleep over this. I'm losing sleep. Okay. Because this is honestly potentially devastating for game conservation. Like some of these games are only available on these systems. Like PlayStation 3 has so many games held hostage where the only way to play that is PS3 or if it's on PS Now, like going that way, which is really, really rough for 95% of people. Right. Um, you know, where you look over across the aisle at film and you have people like Martin Scorsese who are like championing film preservation saving movies that would otherwise be destroyed or lost to time. And it like, I'm worried about 
future generations of video games and just a lot of these games just being lost just being straight up gone like if you don't have your hard copy you're not playing a lot of these games so it is scary and like playstation has one of the most legendary if not like next to nintendo has so many first party games has so many exclusive legendary industry defining games so I really, really hope they're looking across over at Microsoft, who is crushing it, killing it with all of their backwards compatibility and everything. So I hope Sony has a plan. I hope they're, they're I hope this shutting this down is part of a grander plan. The optimist, the 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 hope in me is that that's what they're doing, and not just like oh nobody wants that. It's old old tech focus right. on new shit shut it down yeah. i hope there's a grand plan for this because there's too many games metal gear solid 4 infamous resistance kills like all so many damn games ratchet and clank hd like that collection all these hd remasters so many video games um dragon quest 8 dude ps2 games something that i will say is well Caring about game preservation is absolutely a noble cause and something to be concerned about. I totally, totally agree. I do feel like we're in much better state, a uh, much better state these days than we were. Where it's like, yeah, in the NES days, like they just didn't even include their real names in the credits. Like people, people <laughs> actually weren't getting legit right. credit for what they were doing. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that's, and yeah, like you hear stories of like, yeah, we just like lost the source code. Like I feel like, hopefully, at least things are. People are are talking about game preservation seriously, and mm-hmm. I I think hope there there are people you know and it's not perfect right, but I think there are there are pockets of people that are trying to maintain things or or keep an eye on things. Yeah, I hope I like it, there I needs to think, be that champion. Yeah. That's why I mentioned Scorsese is because like mm-hmm. here is this industry leader championing this cause. It would right. like fall to someone like Keeley or something. Like no, don't want to put the pressure on him, but it's like Do someone it, needs Keeley. to pick up someone needs to pick up that cause. Keeley exists yeah. to be pressured yeah. by us. That's our jobs. You were gonna say something, John? Well just yeah the PS4 to PS5, the Xbox One to Series X, this feels like a easier, Definitely. smoother transition compared From to this old point gens. going forward, it seems a like, lot easier now. PS, yeah. yeah, PS2 to PS3 was you know four by three to mm-hmm. sixteen by nine. You know that was such a huge thing that you can instantly tell when you go back and play older games. Uh, and you know the the PS3 architecture is so infamously like unique and weird. You know, so it was tough. You know, uh, near impossible in a lot of cases to play PS3 games on PS4. Whereas just like it seemed almost to a fault where like sometimes on PS5 you can't tell. Like it's like, oh, I've been playing the PS4 version this whole time. Like I like I didn't know that with Avengers. Like I don't they were, they were like, oh the PS5 version comes out next year. I'm like, that's that's not what I'm playing. Wait, what? Like um so I, I think thankfully in the future, I think the if once we move on to PS6 and Xbox whatever, I think looking back to the PS4 era will be a little more accessible than PS3 360 is now. That's off. Op- because as good as Microsoft is doing, like I found, you know, I, uh, uh, Bossman got me hot and bothered about the Captain America game on 360 that I was like, oh yeah, I never oh, played so that. I think I, I want to play that. And like, it's hard. I've really been kind of weighing my options about how I can make that happen. And it's, it's tricky. Uh, and so um, as good as one company does, you're always going to find some barrier like and I've, I've floated this idea before and a lot of people just kind of like chuckled at it. But it's like I would love my own 
console that all it does is play PS1, PS2, mm-hmm. and PS3. That'd be fun, you know, if it was yep. just like a system yep. that, you know, I would I'd pay, you know, 200, 300 for that, you know, if I could just put in an old disc and it's great and it's online and everything, you know, and like, um, I, I wonder, I wonder if they like really did some big uh, promotion well, across the board. That's a what's a little scary. Like you mentioned that, Jones, just about putting your disc in, like, dude, discs don't even last forever. Like some of my discs, sure, of like, course. Are choppy, yeah. dude, and I feel like I take really good care of them. Uh, so the fact that the digital store too is going down is just like, hopefully they got something cooking, yeah. something planned. Brutal. Like that's the worst feeling. You just want to play a game, and it's like, sorry, can't. How is Metal Gear Solid Four locked to the PS3? How, don't, how does that don't even, even happen? Don't even, how does <laughs> it even happen? All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our. Next email comes in from Eric. I love the way he opens this. Uh, Benjamin and his merry men. Uh, I play a lot yes. of co-op games with my fiance and friends. It's my favorite type of experience. I'll take it over single player any day. Uh, we all have Game Pass mm. Ultimate, which is the best thing to have happen to gamers in my lifetime. Uh, there's a cornucopia of co-op picks on there for us. Vermintide 2, Remnant from the Ashes, Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for Neighborville, shout out Huber, uh, Drake Hollow, all the Halos, all the Gears, Sea of Thieves, Halo yeah. Wars, Minecraft Dungeons, State of Decay 2, Deep Rock Galactic, Mass Effect 3's Horde Mode, etc., etc. Mm. And soon, mm. Outriders, The Ascent, and Dark Tide. Dark Tide, baby. Dark Tide. Uh, we're pretty much, Why are we not playing Dark Tide right now? <laughs> we're pretty much in a state of... If it's not on Game Pass, we're not considering it because getting all four players in our group to buy it is now a tall order when we have so many options in our subscription, there's always one who doesn't want to commit. Uh, what do you think this means for upcoming co-op games on Xbox like Back for Blood and Dark Alliance, which launch on the same day, by the way, uh, that aren't going to be on Game Pass Day 1, that we know of at least? Um, so, so Outriders, this is a beautiful example. This is a turning point. Are you ready for a turning point in the industry? This game is on Game Pass... And it is cross-play with every system that it's on. So if you get this game on on Game Pass, you can play it with someone on PlayStation. That is amazing. Cross-play on all systems going forward. Doesn't matter where you're playing. That person has it on Game Pass. This person has it on PC or, or PlayStation, whatever. Yeah. Essential. Outriders is doing that. And for a co-op game, essential. Like... So, so cool. So cool. So you can all just group up wherever you are. Yeah. Um, this is uh, this is a really interesting email because I never thought about co-op and Game Pass in this way. And I, I feel like I'm primarily a single player kind of guy. I feel like I spend most of my time playing single player games. But it, it I've run yeah. into situations with like, you know, old friends from my home state. We'll be, we'll, we just like want to spend time together and want to hang out. And it's like... This person's right. We absolutely run into the situation of like, oh, I have this, but I don't have this. Or like, oh, I don't know if I want to get that because it's kind of expensive and I don't know if I'll be able to put the time into it. And so like, yeah, that is absolutely a thing uh, that happens. And I think Game Pass, you know, not to say that necessarily everyone has Game Pass, but I I could see that happening where you kind of all have it and you can just immediately download it and get into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And more broadly, like you were talking about, Huber, like... The future is right now, and the longer games and companies go without embracing it, mm-hmm. the more irritated I'm going to get and the more pushback I think in general there's going to be. Like, yep. we have seen now that 
cross progression and cross play is, is right. possible. Uh, a solid number of games are doing it. Just make it happen. Like it actually really yep. pisses me off with Monster Hunter Rise specifically because it's coming to PC later, and I already see people that like want to play, but they want to wait for the PC version, and we're not sure if there's going to be cross progression. Mm. They haven't mm. gotten out and announced that, and it's just like this shouldn't even be a question. Like, mm-hmm. I wish we were at a point where we could just, like, I want everybody to be able to play yep. on as many things as possible and, and to make it as convenient as possible to get yeah. together and enjoy games. Yeah, I feel like Outriders is going to thrive because of this, being on Game Pass mm-hmm. and having cross-play, cross-progression, a demo that carries over your progress. Like, whatever they're doing over there, they got their finger on the pulse because they're giving everyone what they want. Here's a demo, your progress saves, mm-hmm. you can play with everyone, we're on game, like, yes. So, shout out, shout out, Outriders. Like, future future shout multiplayer games, like, do... Do that, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I feel like um, in such a competitive space where games are finding constant new reasons to take up your time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, they're living games that every little advantage you can give your game to make somebody choose it over something else is essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right, um, our last email comes in from Morgan, the Minecraft legacy game. Hello, Ben and panel. Sony and Nintendo have had popular games that feature their histories very prominently. I speak of Astro's Playroom and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I have to say, as a fan, it is delightful to see the legacy of these console companies. My question is, where is Microsoft's legacy game? What would the panel like to see from a game that highlights the history of Microsoft in gaming? This is going to be so harsh, but I'm sorry. There's not enough people. There's not enough icons on Microsoft. I'm sorry. Gears Halo Forza, dude. This is the most brutal you'll ever see me be, but name right. name like five or ten Microsoft icons yeah. for a game like this. You just, I'm sorry, you can't do it. Yeah, I, I think the other thing, and, and this isn't strictly true, because like even in Smash Brothers, you have like kind of unlikely um, combinations of things, but... Like, even just thinking about Gears and Halo, which, you know, are mm-hmm. so associated with the Xbox, those are incredibly serious games. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 they're yeah. very gritty, grounded, M-rated games. And so, like, not that you couldn't do a fun celebration. You definitely could. But it, I don't think it comes as naturally, like, you know, Mario and Kirby hanging out. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that that just mm-hmm. fits. Those are games that don't really take themselves uh, too seriously. They appeal to all ages, that kind of a thing. And so I think it's, I just think the the things, a lot of the things that Microsoft has under its belt, most iconically, I guess, uh, don't really fit there. But I would kind of, like you did have Rare Replay, which. Well, like Banjo is is microsoft technically but like nah he's nintendo smash like that's just right. the vibe banjo i think of smash and nintendo i don't I think mean, of microsoft well because banjo's most <laughs> yeah beloved games are on nintendo yeah. platforms yeah. yeah yeah same thing with like battletoads like i, I don't really consider mm-hmm, battletoads mm-hmm. xbox sure yeah. Yeah. Or a perfect sure, dark yeah. events like yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess you know like like Hellblade um, now Senua. I mean the first one was cross sure it was on other systems so 
Would you yeah. like Frank it's, West? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind like a, uh, you know, Flintstones and the Jetsons, like just a one-off. What if Halo Gears collab would be fun? You know, just some weird, like first-person Gears and third-person oh, yeah. Halo, and like what? You know, like it'd be fun if there's, there's some the time slip or something like those two worlds mm. clashed. Um, I feel yeah. like. I mean, don't, yeah, for don't as take it too brutal as but, as yeah. I'm being, I feel like still though, with the amount of investments, you know, we were talking about over the last couple of years with Microsoft buying all those studios and doing everything that on that side, that's planting the seeds to get more characters and icons for a potential game like this to to build your legacy. I I feel like you saw this exactly with PlayStation All Stars um, as well, where it's like you. You're just going to be compared in a negative way. Like PlayStation All Stars was ruined because everybody's just mm-hmm. like, "This is just the worst Smash." Like, yeah. why would I ever play this over Smash? Like this, mm-hmm. you know, it, this isn't. And so, I like Smash is so good and so defined has been around for so long. Where it's like, if Microsoft is like, "We're going to make our own Smash," I don't think everyone's immediately going to be like, "That's an awesome idea." You know, I, 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 I'm always down for some sick collaboration though, Ben, let's go. Yeah. I like sick collaborations (laughs) as well, but I, I don't think what I'm trying to say is I don't think every company needs the exact same thing that is important to other companies. Like if you make a, 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 like a smash game, it's going to be like, Oh, it's just the worst smash or like battle royale. Oh, it's just the worst Fortnite Fortnite, or apex. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, and in fact, I, I think the game industry is already like, that's a huge problem. Like I, I get so tired of like some new fad thing over gaming. And then like all these companies coming out of the woodwork to be like, well, here's our version of it. That is like, (laughs) usually, less interesting than the thing that they're copying and so um i don't know i think i want to come to sony and microsoft and nintendo for different things yeah but yeah. Uh, you're right huber sick collaborations are fun i can't deny that and when done well they're a blast you know, we were just talking about monster hunter mm-hmm. and how sick those collaborations would be so that's like I agree with seeing that too. Kratos with an axe in the Fortnite video and then Master Chief coming in with the assault rifle like shooting I'm just like ah! I'm such a so I mark out so hard for this kind of thing man like you're making me think of the like <laughs> reveal video that they did for Heroes of the Storm where all the Blizzard characters were fighting each other I was like this is so sick this is so <laughs> yeah, sick yeah it's so cool yeah all right yeah maybe it does need something but I I I think I'm just not as attached to Microsoft characters. What if what if we meet in the middle? What if a battle royale mode or whatever it may be in Halo Infinite has like Microsoft legacy things or something? You know, you make you kind of make this Microsoft celebration within a Halo or a Gears, you know. Yeah, you but that- add these events and these collaborations or something that's kind of the thing though is it's like thinking of an appropriate number of like microsoft legacy things it's like what do you throw in there like you've got you make your warthog a forza car i I don't yeah it's like it's not that there isn't bethesda does that bethesda likes to have easter eggs from their other oh they do franchises that that is a family that is a family of franchises that does kind of poke from each other or throw in little references here and there 
I think the, I think the main thing I think the main reason why Smash is just impossible to emulate is that it's like a lot of these characters already hung out. Like they all golfed together, they all carded <laughs> together, they all you know. So like them all fighting together, even when it first came out in sixty four, like wasn't that weird? You know, like ha- you know, like a a fifth of the characters are all Mario. <laughs> you know, like they're all from his world. And so um, it just, even when like Sony tried it, it's like there's zero cohesion. There's not even like a batch of characters that can kind of be the root of this. And then everyone else is added on top. But as long as you, as long as you can still see like Donkey Kong and Mario and, you know, Samus and like these characters, they just kind of feel like they belong together. Mm -hmm. Then it's not that weird when you throw, or even comical than when you throw in Master Chief or or when you throw in, sorry, Solid Snake or somebody that you're like, okay, this, this works kind of sure. Yeah. Nintendo's Um, just, and they got the, they got the head start, you know? They were doing games and Smash before Xbox existed, so just a little more time. A little more time for Microsoft. They can get these characters. There's got to be more than Master Chief and Marcus Phoenix, damn it. I also feel like Sakurai is Smash. Like I feel like that man has given his entire being to to making Smash feel a very, very, very specific way. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. Interesting questions. Fun mm-hmm. frame trap. Thank you so much yeah, to great uh, question. That because that's such a trend, Ben. Is, it is. is these these cross them over Avengers Assemble yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, Avengers changed a lot. Anyway, um, thank you so much to my panelists, uh, Brandon Jones and Michael Huber. If you'd like to send in an email address to Frame Trap, the address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Uh, and again, we are supported on Patreon. Uh, we do rely on that support. So if you like us, uh, go there, patreon.com slash easyallies to uh, consider contributing. Um, and thank you if you already are. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time.